The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet everyone wants to ban. And, well, they succeeded at least in a couple formats, but we're still playable in Vintage, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I am, as always, one of your co-hosts, Joe Dyer. And with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. How you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, well, we'll do bad news first. Uh, oh, no. Red's loss. Uh, they lost to the Cubs three to two. It was a close game. Uh, Javier Baez hopped out of the dugout because he doesn't like Amir Garrett. And I'm like, great. Who's going to get suspended now for instigating something or just some stupid MLB rule? So I'm like, whatever. Uh, but yesterday I was playing with my dog, and the the viewer, the uh, the listeners uh, at home that don't have the the video feed. I mean, see, I even mess up my own joke. Um, playing a little rough with my puppy, and she got me right here. On your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, uh, yeah. she left her feet, because we were playing, uh, and her tooth, I believe, her bottom one, uh, like yeah. her bottom canine or whatever, just, just right on my head. Now, it just broke the skin. It didn't, no gashes, I don't need a stitch or anything like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's like a thin part, a thin skinned part of my body, uh, the, the forehead. Uh, so right. it's like, Oh, yay, blood. Awesome. <laughs> um, so Neosporin and band-aids all day is pretty much what's happening. It, it's sealed now. Um, heck that, that gash in my forehead is more protected than uh Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. Oh, uh, so there's that, but, Ooh. uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, other than that, I've been going through my modern decks. Just kind of had this itch to just see what's going on. And we'll talk about some of that during the show. Uh, and I also played a little bit of Magic Online, because I got to use that rental account. Don't want it to go to waste. And, of course, I'm right. being a boomer playing Jun. Uh, the match I was playing before I logged out for us to record uh, was against fairies, of all things. I'm like... Okay. Nice. So, old old school standard. Okay, here we are. Just updated cards. Why not? Um, I only got two games in before I had to log out, but you know, just got to keep those mental muscles flexed. I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I feel time wise, I'm okay with that deck. So, I'll probably start getting in the league soon. Try and build up uh, play points to. Uh, get right. at least like free leagues, and from what I understand, I think you told me about this. Don't open the treasure chests. Um, just sell them. Yeah, yeah. Just, just sell them for ticks, which you can turn the ticks into cards. Yep. And that's less you have to rent and the grind yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Outside of that, just uh, didn't do a whole lot today. Uh, I have to do a, a lot tomorrow now because I put off a lot. <laughs> 
Got to do some yard work at the grass cut again. Where it's it's now actual spring outside, so we're mowing once a week. Being a responsible homeowner. Yeah, same. Yeah, um, we had to get some things to block off the AC unit because the insulation around the hose that leads from the house to the AC unit um, that's gone now, thanks to our puppy. Um, yeah, so she's being playful and tearing things up. So sounds about right. Yeah, um, you know, can't can't get mad at her. She's just being. It's whatever comes natural, but right, right, right. Um, just you know, things we didn't think about uh, before <laughs> yeah. and after, uh, and here we are. So yeah, just adulting. Um, <laughs> fig- I I did figure out between now and maybe next June at the latest. I have my car paid off. Nice, uh, so that'll be good. Uh, and I'll probably have one or two other debts paid off between now and the end of next year. So I'm cool. definitely going in the right, uh, the trajectory is correct as far as getting right. out of debt and stuff. Um, and, and really like without stores and stuff, um, which we'll get the more of that too. Um, <coughs> getting choked up. Sorry. Without stores to where we can play, uh, like I'm feeling this shift of like what I want to put my attention and I just talked about that money into, right. and I'm looking at things like video games or right more Transformers or D and D books or right. whatever, and, but stuff I don't need like right now. So it's like oh, I'll get it later, or whatever, or oh, it's right not coming out. So like December, all right, cool. Pre-order now, pay it then, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's weird. Like I'm getting to a point in magic where I can just literally go stop. Have enough. Nice, right? Yeah, it it, it is. Um, it sucks. Or, that, that or I, you're in my my spot where you need foil commons and it's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it sucks. That I've, I've gone this far though. Like I I could have pulled the trigger. A long time ago, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's just kind of really the same, like all in a nutshell, to be honest. And and hey, it, it, it's we recently passed the year anniversary of our first podcast showing up. So yep, yep, yep. Uh, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But Joe, mm-hmm. uh, I heard you got to level two as a fighter. <laughs> and what did you select as your feat? Uh, was it mounted archery that I saw? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I posted some pictures of Twitter. Okay. So I, uh, we, my wife and I did an ar- a mounted archery clinic. Uh, big shout out to uh, I. Uh, she probably I mean, she'll never listen to this podcast ever, but um, uh, uh, Natasha Hockaden, uh and her uh, boyfriend Nicholas Downing, uh, they uh, they do archery these mounted archery clinics, and uh, really really fantastic time. Uh, really just hey, not only that, just like. Also, just getting to hang out with them. Uh, they're really, really pleasant people to hang out with. We, we had dinner with them um, that Saturday night before the, the clinic. Uh, uh, before our clinic, at least. Uh, and so, yeah, we had dinner with them. We hung out with them a lot uh, and whatnot throughout the weekend. And just had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, 
It's definitely difficult. <laughs> it, it looked like it. I mean, what, what kind of pointers do you have for those wanting to get in the uh, That's funny. Um, so, like, the clinic uh, basically is, like, about, like, a four-hour, about four to five-hour clinic or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, four hours. It was, like, one to five as was our clinic. And you spend basically the first two hours of the clinic on the ground. Uh, you don't even get on the horse until two hours into the clinic, basically. Uh, you do a lot of groundwork uh, because you have to learn how to load. Uh, oh. You have to learn how to shoot um, because she teaches you a little bit more uh, easier way of uh, sh- loading and shooting uh, that can be accommodated when you're on a horse and there's movement and all that other stuff going on. Uh, because you have to be able to load properly and you have to be able to shoot and the normal like three finger style like you know draw mm-hmm. of pulling back on a bow on a, a draw a drawstring on a bow that doesn't really work when you're on a horse hmm. you don't really have that time to kind of get your fingers in place and whatnot and do that so the way she teaches is she teaches a thumb draw where you use uh, your thumb and then you kind of like hook on the other side of the arrow with your other finger, and you pull. You're pulling back with the crook of your thumb, essentially. Ooh, wild! Uh, and it works really well. Okay. Like once you get you once you get used to it, you're like, okay, cool, done. Like you know, you load, you pull back, and you and you you know, shoot. Hmm. And uh, it works really well. Uh, and uh, on the ground, I had some pretty good shots. Like it was, I had some pretty really good shots on the ground. On mounted, it's a little more more difficult because you're moving and. Uh, you know, especially when we started to go moving a little bit faster. Uh, but I didn't like miss like the, she had hay bales set up with like targets, uh, strapped to the hay bales. Mm-hmm. Well, not, I didn't miss the hay bales at least. Okay. Uh, that's well, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was nice, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was riding my mother-in-law's horse. Uh, he's a little Icelandic horse. Uh, his, uh, the strider. Uh, so you see the picture. His kid is Fabio cut going, and yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, you don't like Lord of the Rings, but this horse is named Strider. Like, yeah, that's my uh, that's my mother in law. Okay, uh, yeah, who uh, named him that, and uh, we've had him. We've we've helped take care of him for literally forever. He's at least fourteen, fifteen, at least sixteen years old. Oh, wow, I mean, he's got to be. We bought my mother. My mother in law bought him when he was four. Is that old for uh, horses? It's like middle aged. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like our age. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, so he started a podcast of like uh, horses doing <laughs> mounted archery, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, but uh, he seemed to really get into it. He seemed to really enjoy it. Like that was kind of the nice thing. He's kind of one of those horses where he doesn't really enjoy just walking around in circles in an arena. Okay. It's just not like the thing he likes to do. You put him in an arena, you walk circles, you're walking around in circles with him, and he's like, I'm kind of done, guys. Can I go back to my stall and eat? Like, right. I, I hate, this is boring. Like, but you put him in like a job or something like that, especially like trail rides. Like, he loves trail rides. Okay. Because uh, it's something to do. Right. Like, there's, yeah, there's, there's a job, there's something fun and interesting about it, not just walking around in circles. Right. Like, so. Yeah, so yeah, he he got into it. He really enjoyed it. Um, so it was kind of fun. And by the end, yeah, we were able to. Um, so he's Icelandic, 
uh, Icelandics have a, uh, they're a gated breed. Uh, they have a special breed that's called a tolt. And uh, the tolt is a kind of like a walking motion. Uh, kind of how their their legs move. It's kind of the same beats as a walk, so it's a four beat. Uh, and so, but they do it a lot faster. Okay. Uh, so, and so, and what that does is that it's like really super smooth. Uh, what you'll see, like most like, there's a lot of like big Icelandic groups in the United States or whatnot that ride uh, Icelandics. And they'll like exemplify that. They'll ride with like beer steins or like cups of water and stuff like that. Huh. And they won't spill they won't spill them because it's so you don't bounce. It's so smooth. Uh, it's a weird feeling. It's strange. Like if you're if you get on Ortha, you're used to like walk trot canner where they're like, you know, there's a, a bounce. There's a natural rhythm of bouncing. Right. There's like an ebb and flow or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. This there's none of that on an Icelandic. It's oh. just like super smooth, and so um, he doesn't do anything but tolt. He doesn't walk truck. He doesn't. He walks. He doesn't. Tr- he doesn't trot or canter. Uh, and uh, they can, but he just never learned. Really, he just uh, he just wanted to tolt all the time. So we just kind of encouraged that. And uh, he we by the end we were tolting. We were able to tolt through the lane and shoot and be able to do stuff so and everybody everybody there was able to even the you know, people that seemed kind of like they weren't able to everybody was able to like at least like trot slash canner okay through the lane and actually shoot and stuff so uh yeah she's yeah natasha's great she's got a she's a really good teacher um my wife and i are going to be actually with her in may here uh for a weekend doing a my wife's going to do a competition with her uh, with our horse, with uh, Tia, so she's gonna do some archery stuff. So, so yeah, it'll be fun. Sweet. Uh, but uh, we got some things to square eye on with our trailer because we're gonna be spending the weekend that weekend in our trailer. Okay. In in the gooseneck portion of our trailer as our as our sleeping area, mm-hmm. we attempted to do that last weekend and. It, didn't work (laughs) we had some issues we had some technical difficulties uh and uh mainly it was difficult it was related to the uh air mattress that we had brought out uh we didn't realize that we got this air mattress from my uh my mother-in-law's mom uh my wife's grandmother and we didn't realize that this air mattress was like really tall uh it was not wide it was tall it's like it's just it was like queen size air mattress but it was really tall so you had little room between where the mattress ended and the ceiling began right the the ceiling yes it was like like being in a fucking coffin oh like it was like you couldn't even sit up without hitting your head on the top of the gooseneck yikes because you know gooseneck trailer you know that's where we're staying we were sleeping is on top of right yeah yeah and so we're like well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Press honk and chat for Joe. We tried. We tried really hard. And then at one o'clock in the morning, we were like, now nah, we can't do this. We'll just go home. <laughs> but we did. We just went home. We were just like, screw it. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, did that. Um, I got my second COVID shot that Thursday before that weekend. Okay. Uh, didn't have any issues uh, or anything. Very mild. Yeah. Uh, as far as like the Friday and Saturday after that, uh, both my wife and I were both kind of like just fine. Uh, so no issues, which is nice. I, I um, it was nice to see, but like, okay, we expected something. Like we were expecting, okay, Friday we're gonna wake up and we're gonna feel awful, right, right, right. You know, you know, and nah, 
It was just mostly just a general malaise of bleh. Yeah, like you know, all day. Yeah, you know, like, I I've heard from people that you're supposed to wait two weeks after you get your second shot and all that stuff. And I'm once I got my second shot, I was like, "Cool, we're both vaccinated." And we had people over last week, and it was fine. Whatever. You know, um, we we only had six. You know, counting everybody, uh, seven if you count right. Through. Uh, right. you know, uh, got, got, got to count the puppy. Um, yeah, we, we all, there's lots of food, play games. Um, right. Yeah. It is, is good to just kind of get back to normal. Not only that, but, but have people in the group that, uh, were unable to participate because of COVID. Right. Um, not, not that they got COVID, but because they didn't want to get COVID. Uh, right. But, you know, they, they were unable to participate in other events that we've hosted here, which have been just small gatherings to play games. Um, and it's cool that, that we, you know, it's like, cool, we, we understand. We'll wait till it's over and got to see them for like the first time in almost a year. Um, yeah, like things are getting back to normal. Now, I'm glad that, you know, you're, you're kind of getting some stuff done there, too, you know, especially yeah. on, on nice days, you know, like. Right. It, it's crazy, like. Going back to the not Scott Campbell thing, right? So Schefter getting a uh, puppy, like I'll clock out of work during the week. And it's like oh, it's four o'clock, sun's out, it's not it hasn't rained. Cool, Let's go outside, clean the yard, go throw the ball around. You know, right? Like, right, like right. just it, it's it's so weird. Like I never thought I'd be doing this, but. <laughs> Here I am, right? You know, and, and we spend about 30, 40 minutes outside. And, and you know, you're out yeah. with horses. Like, it, it's just, I've never played a druid. And here I am, like, <laughs> playing a real life Scott druid. Campbell animal lover. Like, right. Yeah, we, uh, my, my daughter and I, have been, we've been doing a lot of uh, park trips cool. during the week. Whatnot. We'll go after dinner or something like that. We'll go to the park and she can go play in the park and, for a little while and then we'll come home and you know that sort of thing so yep. uh when when it's nice uh we did have that that one day uh of uh hey it snowed yeah like and, that was what during our our break right yeah, yeah, yeah that was it snowed wild. and then it was sunny and then it snowed and then it was sunny yeah ac- uh, actual factual accumulating yes snow like you yeah, wake up yeah. look outside snow on the ground yeah it was wild yeah so, uh, and then it was like 80 something like this last tuesday <laughs> so it was like almost like summer weather well it's crazy the day so, after the snow right the day after it's like all right got up my stuff going to go get changed um wife's home from work whatever right i'm like i'll get my haircut because i've needed obviously i've had my haircut since Right. Uh, and then I look outside, and I can't see outside because it is a blizzard. Yeah. And then thirty minutes so. later, it stopped, and the sun was shining. I'm like, yeah. Outside has Tourette's. I'm staying yep. inside. <laughs> I will go yep, yep, that's for sure. Oh. So, but Ohio. Uh, so before we get started in this week's uh, episode, because uh, we are going to talk about uh, it is the one year anniversary of the show. Yeah. Woo! Um, we did it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to another show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Nathan Golia of Eternal Dirtles. Uh, this past week was his last show oh, no. with Eternal Dirtles. Uh, he has decided to step down from the show. 
leaving the uh, two other guys, uh, Zach Clark and Phil Blackman, uh, to kind of handle things on their own. Uh, but uh, Nate's, if the people don't know who Eternal Turtles is, uh, they're a legacy slash vintage fo- focused podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of old school slash uh, vintage slash legacy, that sort of stuff. And uh, they're a bunch of great guys. Uh, it's going to be sad to not hear Nate on there anymore. Uh, I know that he's uh, one of the most honest and uh, really most interesting people in the in the legacy uh, community as far as opinions are concerned. Uh, he has some very honest opinions, and uh, I generally vibe with a lot of his opinions that he has. Uh, so he and I talk quite a bit, and uh, it's good to uh, you know hear from him and what he has to say. And so it's going to be hard to not hear that anymore on Turtle Turtles, but. Uh, if you are just looking for something else to listen to that is kind of fun, go check out Eternal Turtles because um, they're great. Uh, they have great intros, and uh, they're uh, one of their hosts, uh, Phil Blackman, writes all these really cool uh, parody songs oh, for their intros. Nice. And they're always super duper funny. Uh, he did one recently that was a parody of Nickelback's uh, photograph, uh, and uh, that was a. It was based on the uh, fact that it was uh, Strixhaven's not a Harry Potter set. Oh. And whatnot. And uh, it literally starts with the words, look at this wizard school. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, uh, oddly enough, cool. Harry Potter is on cable today. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes my wife's not feeling well. She'll just turn on a channel of content that she knows and just kind of pass out. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, Strixhaven? Like, you know. <laughs> um, I, think, I think what sets that apart is that Strixhaven is a, is a college. <laughs> okay. But they, no. have ma- they have majors, Scott. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like houses. They just have majors. Sure. <laughs> instead of a sorting hat, they just open a book, I guess, maybe? I don't know. They, they, they're just, they, instead of a sorting hat, they go, uh, so what do you want to do with your life? And I want to like, rock! Any, and like any true college student, they go, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Maybe kill some stuff. I don't know. Right. Blow some things up. So, cast fireball. Right. Yeah. That fun fact, though, uh, um, it's a little, it's a little out there, but that video that they did for the uh, the recruitment video, sure thing they did with all the content creators that the command zone did, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's a little out there, but it's really really well pr- produced. I got to give them that. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see that. Yet. No, I haven't. And, and before I talk about that, you know, I, I do want to, you know, I, I have not listened to Eternal Dur- Eternal Dirtles, so um, sorry, guys. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I will one day. Uh, but Nate, should. Nate, all the best. Um, you know, and maybe he'll come back. The show, from what you're telling me, the show's not ending. It's no, just Nate is just, so yeah, maybe he'll come yeah. back. I, he's not done playing. He's not done playing Legacy. He's not done right. playing Magic. Uh, there's a, a quite a possibility that he'll come back uh, for their 200th episode. Oh, I, 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 yeah. If they're yeah. when they hit milestones and things, I'm sure they'll. Yeah, and so, Mike will get back. But yeah, as far as uh, the Strixhaven content, um, no, like I've not, I've not watched any of it. Um, and there, are, I actually there are content creators on there that I know, right? Yes, that that, yes. that have shows like. 
The guy is on the Command Zone, uh, Masters of Modern, which has a guest right. host on, uh, episode 89, because uh, I had to take about Blood Moon, and people thought Blood Moon should have been banned. Ma- remember when people thought Blood Moon should be banned? <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah. we have Abrupt Decay, guys. Right. Um, but yeah. But uh, uh, Cassius Marsh is in that video. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, it, it's right. cool that people are doing stuff, but like, I just have like, I have no interest in Strixhaven. As, as I mean, I'm opening packs on Arena just to get my wild cards built up and to get the um, the mystical archives or whatever. Yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and don't get me wrong. If you like Strixhaven, cool, go for it. But here's the thing: like, I graduate a little behind the scenes tea, right? Uh, of me, my life, pulling back the curtain a little bit. I graduated high school. This is last century. <laughs> within a year and a half I met the person that's now my wife then became a dad then moved out then got married then got a second car like I built life backwards so I, I did go try going to one of these accredited schools which you see commercials for on cable TV don't do that That's yeah, I'm still paying I'm still paying back those loans um, yeah. and this is a turn of the century too, when things were changing, like Google was new. Google, there was a time, this is how, this is how old I am, Joe. Google was new. Mm-hmm. So like, let that sink in. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I try. Yeah, I, fair, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I try going for graphic design, right? I thought I could do that and, and utilize it in my hobby at the time, which was DJing. Um, but they're like, so when you, uh, when you take your portfolio to these places in New York and Los Angeles, none of the cities that were mentioned were Dayton, Ohio, and it was already a year plus into this two-year program. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't I go to Sinclair? Like, you know, (laughs) go somewhere that would actually been worthwhile and local and, and fed people back into, uh, the community and. So I'm like, all right, uh, I choose aggression. No, I, I choose uh, my family. And Wh- wizard wizard school time. just holds holds nothing for it. Yeah, man. yeah, it just Wh- like, wizard, not just wizard school, wizard college. Yeah, I I never yeah, I never went to actual factual college. Right, right. right like right. if you look at the game of life, I did not go the route for college. Right, right and my right. car broke down like. Four paces later, or four spaces later, or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's some cool cards, and, and what's weird is the 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 more that we've been kind of cooped up in, in the pandemic and all that stuff, and not actually in our routine, like you're able to break things down a little more, right? And all right. all these cards are like you take away the art, you take away the name. And it's just a generic card with some random game mechanics on it. And that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. those can even be then broken down and interchanged like Legos. And here's the new card. But it's got, like, pieces from these three or four other cards that you saw sets before. But it's got new art, new name, and it's in a new location or whatever. And it's new. Like, I've I've never designed cards, but I'm starting to see that. And it's like, all right, whatever. Like they're designing for draft. They're they're doing whatever they're doing. It's fine. Like, 
you you all have fun. And in a way, it's actually good because I, I don't have a desire to buy a bunch of stuff, right? Just Fair. just buy the cards I want, which right now are four thrilling discoveries. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I need four of those in German. And that's so. it? Like, to put those in Dredge because it's yeah. kind of done well? Um, like in, yeah. in Kaldheim, I bought place at Elvish Warmaster and Realmwalker. That's it. Right, right. That's all I did. I, uh, the only thing I've been buying, really buying, I, I mean, I have some, some, I'm actually rebuilding into Modern Dredge, and we nice. talked about that a couple times, so I'm, I'm buying German copies of those cards, uh, because why not? Um, <laughs> but, uh, why not? I, but I have been buying stuff from my Popper Cube, so, okay. uh, just like, all this mystical archive stuff that's in foil is just drops so hard. Uh, like so, so hard that I'm just like, cool. I can get all the cards I want for like less than $20. Sweet. Like <laughs> is, is brainstorm and mystical archive the same price as any other rare? Uh, I haven't looked at the price of that one. Cause that one's not in my queue. Oh, oh okay. It's a common. I don't. I, I don't have. I don't play brain. I don't have brainstorm in my cube, Scott. What? Because I I believe in curating a cube experience, not just going with whatever is. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I know it's a common, but it's not a very good common in a singleton in cube. Yeah, <laughs> they're twelve. They're like eight. They're like eight bucks in foil. Wow, it's not bad. Oh, in in foil. Okay. And foil, they're eight gate bucks. Yeah. They're like, uh, they're like two bucks, and like <laughs> maybe not, maybe not even that. Like, you can probably get one for you can get one for a dollar fifty. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so they're about the price foil, of so. a rare from Strixhaven. Yeah, I mean, these things rare? have go- these things have dropped so hard. Uh, I remember like the weekend up to release, uh, the both faithless looting and lightning bolt were like. Over like fifty dollars in foil. Oh yeah, ne- never pre-order. Right, yeah, right. Never. And then I, I, I waited, and it's like I, oh, I paid eight dollars for my lightning bolt. <laughs> like, nice. That was the most expensive card I purchased from this set. Was that foil lightning bolt? And I want to tell, I want to say something about the quality of the foils <laughs> in the mystical archive stuff. It's really good. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed. Like I'm. Not only that, the quality of the set foils, even like the the actual like pack foils. Oh, okay. I'm in, I'm impressed. Like they're not pringling. Uh, like wow. I'm like okay, like sold. Like okay. Uh, I I got in a uh, a foil of uh, everybody's favorite plant dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I cannot wait. Uh, so I got that in. Uh, that was uh, John Medina sent me that. Oh, sweet. Uh, What's and, up, John? Uh, he uh, he sent me that in the mail, and I opened it up. And I'm like, wow, this looks really good. Like, this is a really, really pretty looking foil. I'm like, I cannot wait for the draft where somebody goes turn one uh, young wolf uh, into turn two Biograph sack young wolf. <laughs> turn three swing seven lols <laughs> and i'm just like oh god like this card's dumb <laughs> so all right so we should probably talk about yeah. we got we're getting off track here we should talk about one year of the astrolab it is yesterday uh well yesterday as in the 30th 
mm. of April is our one year anniversary. Woohoo! Uh, so uh, yeah, um, we did it for us. <laughs> we did it. Yep. Um, but uh, that's pretty cool. Um, we have our on the on the show notes. We what have we learned over the past year? I've learned that this green beer is very good. <laughs> um, um, I I've learned super I've learned how to host uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah. I, I I use that for work. I mentioned before on the podcast, but a uh, half hour each day uh, during the work week, um, uh, my coworkers and I and, and our supervisor all gather on a Zoom call and just talk, kind of outside of work. So like, right? How's your day? How's your family? Not safe for work. Joking at each other, <laughs> essentially roasting each other. And right. for because our shifts are staggered, like I, I'm probably one of the ones that starts the earliest. Um, so so for a lot of them, when the meeting starts, it's kind of the start of their day, and they're starting with being greeted and in a welcoming manner, and we're all laughing and cutting up, or you know, unfortunately due to non-pandemic events last year, there were times that you know we had to like lay some current event stuff on the table and, and talk about it. Um, granted, we all agreed, right? Or there are some things, some minor points we may have disagreed on or whatever, but right. at least was a sounding board. And uh, what's crazy is due to that, like, I I didn't, I thought of it as just like, we're gathering. We're, we're just talking. I didn't think of anything like work-related or whatever, but my boss has been so appreciative of it because he's like, you're taking the initiative to keep us all engaged when we're not in the office. Right. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like a little happy accident. <laughs> right? Right, right, right. Um, so, like, I I can use that to kind of pad myself a little bit if I, you know, hear the review or ever wish to move on from my current position or whatever. Right. Uh, so, so that actually has some type of value. Right. So I'm like, oh damn! Like just stuff I didn't think about because I'm old school. Like I, right. I was always told, work hard, get noticed. <laughs> that ain't it anymore, kids. No. If you're trying to make way into work and uh, you're trying to work hard and get noticed, no, you you need to do things outside of your your normal assigned functions to get noticed. But it's a whole other story. Right, right. Um, I I learned that uh. It's okay to show my face on this little uh, webcam. <laughs> uh, I got a webcam about a month ago. Um, and while Joe and I see each uh, you're not recording the video portion of this, are you? No, no, no. Yeah. No. Uh, um, I haven't figured out how exactly I want to do that yet. Yeah. So, um, so we're we're slowly growing and expanding at, at a rate that's comfortable for us and, and the things that... Uh, are involved in our normal daily lives with our families and such. Um, so I, I learned, all right, just, just suck it up, put the damn video cam on, and, and show <laughs> off your your metal scar to Joe or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, my dog eating my face. Um, but yeah, and uh, I don't think there's anything else I've really learned from this, but I, I think I've grown a little bit as a person, but that it's mostly due to the pandemic. And, right. You know, just like stuff I don't have, uh, like human connection, right? To right. now starting to get that back because people are starting to get vaccinated. Um, and I've learned that uh, I can use stuff. a compressor. Thanks, Steve Sizemore. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, by the I've way, learned, the, the fan is off right now. Uh, I've learned the, Audacity. Yeah, the, a little bit. The, the so temperature is nice. okay in here. Oh yeah, yeah. We we did learn to use Audacity instead of uh, uh, Discord. Yes. Um, yeah. I also learned that. put put my headphones on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that one episode yeah. where we recorded and it was just all echoey on my end. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we we, we learned some stuff. I yeah. um I've learned that it's nice to have this as a way to talk about other things in magic that I don't normally get to talk about with people. Uh, because I because of my general specialized focus on on eternal formats, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, I kind of get to talk about general magic stuff with you, and oh. that's that's great uh, because it gives me an outlet for that. I don't generally talk to a lot of people about that kind of stuff. So you don't talk to uh, other people about your cube. Well, yeah, that's different. Oh, oh okay. Like, <laughs> but but just but I meant you know. general general like wizard slash magic stuff. You know that you wouldn't normally like. You know, talk about uh, in circles where people are talking about legacy and vintage cards and stuff oh, like that. stuff so, like. Um, Secret layers, and yeah, where you're talking yeah. about stuff, and you're like, I don't care, I just want to play Legacy, right? Like that, that's right, probably right, what you right, get. Right. Okay, that, no, not really that, but it's but it's more like you know, uh, I don't really like approach talking those with like Legacy and Vintage players. It's just like talk about this is natural for us to talk about Legacy and Vintage, sure, and you know whatnot. So, uh, and part of that has also helped me like to like be able to be a little bit more uh, present in places like uh, John Medina's Discord server. Or whatnot. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit more present in there now, and I can talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff in there as well. So I just don't really talk about a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of nice to have an outlet, uh, a content outlet, especially too. Yeah. Uh, where because like again, when I'm doing my normal content, I'm talking about specifically about those formats. Yeah, your articles uh, are uh, grand. Like you cover a lot, but yeah, you got to be hyper focused on like. Right, you know, vintage and legacy because you want those eyeballs to stay on that page as long as possible. Right, so uh, I don't have a content outlet that lets me talk about other uh, like aspects of magic, uh, okay. like the community and stuff like that. So and things Wizards does that right, you know, causes me to like, you know, raise my fist at the cloud and scream and <laughs> all that fun stuff. Right. Uh, and, and so. well, in a way, like you mentioned that and. I think when we originally approached the idea of having this podcast, it was just doing what Joe and I normally do when we're right. at Epic Loot. We literally talk about all aspects of Magic. The formats, whatever. It doesn't matter what format. Uh, cool cards, what he thinks coming out. Like the, the things Joe and I talk about are just... It's just natural for both of us. Right. But except we're recording it and sharing it with it with literally the world. So, right. you know, if you're listening, cool. If you're a local that's listening, you're probably nodding your head. Um, <laughs> it, it, also, if you're a local that's listening, you're probably saying, Scott, you said you were going to leave here at Epic Loot an hour ago. Because uh, that, that was kind of like the running gag for about a solid yeah. year or so. Like, oh, I, I thought you said you, you left. No, I'm here talking. I, there'd be times I'd be done with FNM and Scott would have dropped from FNM. And FNM would be over, and he'd still be out there talking. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's usually outside, out back. Um, yeah, or it could yeah. be inside looking at cards, whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, uh, I can't wait till we go back. We'll, we'll touch on. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing is, is like, uh, one of the things you have is how do we think magic's going to be different 
post-pandemic. Uh, I am definitely not ever going to want to shake anybody's hand. Uh, uh, I, I've heard that too. Like, <laughs> uh, Let's put it this way. I am not going to want to pick up my opponent's deck and shuffle it. True, like... Um, you, you, you say that, like, my, my first off course... Sleeve, sleeves accrue, accrue so much dirt. Right. Well, like, my right. first thought when you said that was like, well, Joe doesn't want to shake my hand, but I know you're not meaning, like... Yeah, friends. yeah, yeah, You're yeah, meaning, yeah. like, complete strangers. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, like, the, the, uh, you know, random, you know, yeah. opponent or whatever that poses. And I'm like, I, magic players are gross. Yeah, yeah. I'm Anyways? thinking to, um... So, uh, like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, Maybe I should share this little anecdotal story. I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's just when it's been talked about a lot in the community. When you approach an event, whether it's a big event, store event, whatever, uh, cleanliness is an issue. It's been made fun of to the point where one guy got banned for like a year. Yeah. Um, God, how long ago was that? Five years ago. Anyway, <laughs> it feels like forever. Yeah. Right? Um, but. Uh, when it comes down to FNM, there are also people coming from their food service jobs or their service right. in- industry jobs, to be more accurate. So they're coming. They, they may not have had a chance to go home, change, clean up outside of maybe washing their hands. And right. you don't know that that's maybe. And it's really crazy that we have this pandemic that has made us think that, oh, wait, what? this person may not wash their hands or they're using the same ultra pro orange sleeves that are bent to hell and back. Uh, so you probably, if you know their deck inside out, you probably tell what the next card is like, right. It's like, mm. yeah. So it's like, mm. How about no, thanks. Just shuffle your deck. Yeah. I'll watch it. I, I, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing is not wanting to touch people's deck. I, I yeah. feel bad for judges because there, I believe there is a thing where you can say, Hey, I don't think their deck is shuffled. Right. And the judge would shuffle it. I'm not 100 sure on that because I'm not. Yeah. Judge. Now, granted, but, I mean, you can always judges can always like, you know, have like hand sanitizer. Sure, and, sure. Not, I'm, like I'm that. sure they're carrying not, it or whatever. But that's not something that is functionally feasible to have at every table. Right. Now, I don't know. I mean, I'm supposed to be going to a paper magic event in July. Uh, there's that. Um, the legacy, the Missouri MTG Legacy 40K. Okay. Uh, that is supposed to happen at the end of July still. And uh, as far as I know, it's still on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be curious to see what kind of precautions he takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously know that we're still going to be wearing masks uh, regardless uh, in that regards. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of precautions he takes with table safety and that sort of thing. So I do have a funny cleanliness story. No, no. All right. So it happened epically. Of course it did. Uh, I was... Uh, playing against a person that had really long, scraggly hair. Uh, not that it was unwashed or unkept, it was just it was long, probably needed trimmed. Um, wearing all white, and he had the, the their fingernails were like long and rounded, like they were claws in a way. It was really weird. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. They are playing a. Uh, and, and I'm I'm not trying to throw shade, but I'm trying to illustrate, like, uh, the, the the craziness that we come across when it comes down to another player, and it's like, hmm, are they are they well kept? Like, you know, you kind of, you just get those first impression vibes, right? Right. He was playing a deck that was mono white cards I own, 
and modern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I was playing, of course, Blue White Control. Uh, this was prior to Teferi coming out in Dominaria. So I was okay. running uh, Gideon Jura. That's my boy. Right there, Gideon Jura. So I attacked with it. And he cast this removal spell. Like, destroy target attacking creatures. Like, two and a white. I'm like, cool. That's neat. Because uh, that Gideon is not indestructible. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just prevents damage or whatever. So right. he, he died or whatever. But during that game... Um, okay, I think I was using Jace Architect of Thought. So this may have been even before uh, Jace Mind Sculptor was unbanned. Wow. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was so mad because he was playing against the control deck. By the way, there's someone in the practice room on Magic Online that said, uh, you all want to be pros are playing like control decks or something. Just don't shade at control players. Like you, you <laughs> can put like little tags or something underneath what you're setting up for. Yeah, it, yeah, It was buddies yeah. only. So I'm like, oh crap, I can't go in there. Like run a control deck real quick, go in there and just, you know, puff stop them. Anyway. Right. Um, so... He was, I could tell he was agitated because of the deck I was playing, not how I was playing. Like, because uh-huh. uh, I was countering his things left and right, like like a good control player does. Right. So I have Jace Architect the Thought on the field, and I ultimate it. And I get, like, his, uh, he, the Spear of Heliod, and my uh, Elspeth Sun's Champion that makes him dudes. And I never seen someone rage quit so bad. Oh um, God! Yeah, uh, I even think I, I ultimate Jace Architect thought when he had nine counters, so he stayed on the field or something. Oh jeez! This was like years ago. It was it was wow. such a beating. I've never seen him again. Um, but yeah, like this, sometimes you get the people that are like you know they take care of themselves, they're well kept, and you get the people who you only see like once or twice, and it's like. So yeah, I can totally understand the uh, keep across the table from me. Uh, right. Just meet me with your cards in the in the red zone. Right. Right. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I'm not throwing shade at anybody either. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I just. I don't want to be like. Hey. I will. Uh, yeah. No. I'm. I'm not doing yeah, that. Like. No. I'm not touching your deck. Uh, I can fist bump you. Like. Yep. <laughs> yep. Please don't touch uh, my cards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what something re- re- reads, I, I, I will pick it up and, and show it to you. Don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this even worse for myself by playing German cards at some point. And then I'm just going to be like, look, <laughs> you can just ask a judge uh, <laughs> what that says. <laughs> uh, I feel bad, but uh, I, I don't feel bad because I love the language. And yeah, well, that's the major, the major reason why I'm doing it. It's weird. So. Side note on that. Right. Like, with how many different art versions there are of cards, right? Uh, you know, you can wind up say say if you went all old school, right? Just original art German on your cards, and you get someone who only knows the cons art of a Fetchland, right? Like, they may not know what it is, right? Right. So I'm probably gonna get uh, probably gonna get cons ones for the those those color fetches anyways yeah. for German because. Just because of price and stuff, so. But uh, oh yeah, that's the other thing. It's going to be really interesting. Is like Magic post pandemic. What prices are going to do are doing, and also like stuff like we've got all these like secret layer printings and stuff like that. What 
people are going to actually bring to the table and play and stuff. Oh, is yeah, I, I forgot the secret layer shock lanes, which um, look we'll talk here. about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, uh, so, yeah, um, that's kind of magic after the pandemic. I also think things are going to start off small. I, I don't think we're going to go back to Grand Prix. Uh, uh, I actually, I actually don't think Wizards is going to support store level events like they used to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the first quarter reports for twenty twenty one came out. Wizards did well. <laughs> Wizards did. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. This was their very well. This is their first uh, quarterly report as a partner of Hasbro, not as a right. subsidiary. 45% profit margin. Yep. Not 5, not 10, not 20, which are normal numbers you hear in the business world. 45. Right. They are on pace to total revenue bring in like a billion dollars or something I heard. I I, I, yeah. I may be saying that wrong. I don't pay too much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. But it, yeah, just mind blown. Right, right. Um, And this is all without any events. This is all during a pandemic, right? No paper play is being done. People are still buying product. Oh uh, well, paper play in stores. Well, sure, yeah, paper play in, yeah. in stores. So yeah. there's, spell, there's spell, no spell table is arguably right, like the biggest and best thing they could have purchased in this past year. Right. There, there's no store involvement outside of Wizards seeing them product, and then you going to the store and buying said product. Yeah. And yeah. if you're doing that, your local game store. Awesome, because you're keeping them open for boomers like me. Um, <laughs> but if there's make if they're making all this money, even paper and arena, like they're they're still making money in paper, and right. it's like we have arena, and people are like, no, give me a booster box, right? Okay, here you go. It's weird, but they've got all this you know specialty product and sure secret layers. Uh, spe- speaking of speaking of secret layers, yeah, uh, just mentioned this because uh, we talked a lot about uh, the Black is Magic secret layer. Yeah, that. Uh, raised a million dollars, almost a million dollars for Black Girls Code. I was just like, man, almost nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think that that's how much they sold to that. Like, that means the print run for that is just massive, right? And if they're so. if they're able to do that without Effinite, when we when things open up enough to where we can go back to the st- well, that wizard says we can go back to the stores, and then the stores decide if they want events. Because right, they're still right. they're still at stores can decide. Well, we have we use the event room for product, right? And we and we've been doing just fine without them, right? Because so. they have to they things that people don't understand is that F and M events is a money loss for stores, right? Right. So you know if they're still making money and still keeping their head above water and all that stuff without events, why do they want to then start losing money? Right. Um, now, granted, that first wave of people coming back and playing the store, they're going to probably buy more product and stuff, so it probably won't be as much of a loss. But right. Um, so yeah, all these people are like Wizards are going to do all this and they're going to promote and this that like no no they're not no no they're not because then that's going to cost them money that's going to dig in their profit margin ain't going to happen. And here's why I know this: my job sent everybody to work at home. We are doing as well, if not better, working at home without being on site. Once this is over, 
We're not going to back to work. We're not going back to work on a site or at a site. We will work from home permanently. That yeah. was announced like a year ago, right? So, uh, when when I retire, not if, but when I retire from this company, twenty years from now, whatever, there will be no retirement party for me. Right. It'll be through something like this, like a Zoom call, right? right? And that's kind of bleep and depressing. Right. Um, there's not a central place where I can just go drop off my stuff. It would have to be mailed via FedEx. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as much as I want to go back to the office, it costs the company money to rent, lease, whatever the building, hire yep. people to keep up the building, and so on and so forth. Um, and same thing happening here. Wizards realizes that they're making money without these stores, so stores will have to do something on their own. Now, Wizards may still print like a three-card promo pack or whatever and send out the stores. Right, right. That's going to cost them nothing to do. Or, right. or if yep. anything, very little. But it'll right. drive people to stores like, cool, I, I can play, and if I do well enough, I get to open this booster pack, and there's like uh, to fairy time raveler with the planeswalker symbol stamped in or whatever yeah yeah so you know i got a couple of those with my uh my pre-release kits yeah that i purchased at epic loot yeah yeah Uh, because they they were still being given these things uh they can't use them yeah they were like here you get your select choice of one one each of because i bought two kits and they were like you get you know uh, you get a pack for each kit or whatnot nice you know uh, i got a Draft pack for each kit mm-hmm. or whatnot that I purchased, and then I bought, and then I got one of those uh, promo packs for each kit. Cool. So I got two promo packs, and they were like, "You get your choice of whichever you know set one you want to go with." And the one guy that was there was like, "Choose Ikoria, choose Ikoria." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'll choose Ikoria." And I think I opened, uh, I opened a Hydroid Crisis out of it and nice. uh, I was, I was, uh hydrate crisis and a netheroi apex of death yeah uh which was really cool uh and uh a yitero the um the cycle monster okay the, the big red cycle guy that puts you know himself into play if you've cycled him like four times or something oh like that. yeah the, the turtle right yeah the turtle yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh hold on um not gitara um I, who I who was which... it that uh Sydney Boy turned into on the South Park episode? Oh, I don't remember. Gamora? Uh, the... Or Gamora? Gamora. Why is Gamora? Right. Why is... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so people who think that things are going to go back to quote normal when this is over are dead wrong. Hey hey Scott, MTG Underground. Let's let's go. Look, like um Let's go. Proxy I... proxy proxy events. Let's go. The, the, well, for the eternal formats, like what what you're what you talked about, the things that you're going to be participating in, I, I kind of see those uh, starting up. Maybe more uh, regional events like NRG will probably do like some legacy stuff or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Star City uh, brings back some support for legacy because doubtful. Yeah. I mean, doubtful. It depends. The, on, uh, depends on how much stock they have to move because that, that's really what they would <laughs> uh, want to use it for. To be honest, the uh, the forty k and the hundred k in this this year uh, that are held by Jeremy Aronson 
yeah. are all are all uh, sanctioned events. Okay. Uh, and they're all sold out. They're both sold out. Nice. Uh, they're both like two hundred player Wait, events. You said they're sanctioned or unsanctioned? Sanctioned. Nice. So yeah, so I have to borrow cards for this one, but yeah, whatever. Uh, the Legacy Pit Open, uh, that's in September, mm-hmm. is now a four hundred player event thanks to current CDC guidelines. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah. the thing. Like the the closer we get to that stuff, if we keep doing our part, right? That number, as far as how many you can have inside, is going to just yeah. simply increase. Yeah, they're in Frederick, uh, Maryland. Right. And uh, so they're, yeah, they're been bumped. They got clearance to move their event up to a 400 player event. Okay. Uh, it is a, tw- I am sad. I'm kind of sad. I can't go to this event <laughs> uh, because it's literally two days after my wife and I and our, our family leave from Florida. Oh no. Uh, like we leave from Florida on September 16th. Mm-hmm. The event is in Frederick, Maryland on September 18th. There's just no way that's happening. Well, like, it's sold out now, isn't it? It, it is the um, the they're sold out now after the 400 player. Yeah, but, but because they went to the their wait list first, right, right, uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. what 200. Yeah, they they started with 200, and here's the here's the because here's the wild thing about this event. They started at at a 200 player cap, and they were a uh, at first it was a 10k, or whatnot. And they announced later on, hey, uh, thanks to the way entry fees went and things went and whatnot, uh, we're bumping price price pool up to 15K. Like, that's that's cool. Right. Uh, and they're like, hey, we're moving up to 400 players. This is now a 20K. Jesus. And they're just like, holy cow. Wow. Like, neat. Like, that's that's cool. What so. if one of the things went well enough to where we started hearing a word about, say, Eternal Weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, the prize for this is, like, free entry into Eternal Weekend or maybe first or second round buy or something. Eternal Eternal Weekend so str- it's going to be so strange mm-hmm. this year if it does happen in paper because uh, the uh, sponsor for Eternal Weekend, uh, Card Titan, mm-hmm. uh, and guys like Nick Koss, like, I'm not sure how well connected they are anymore with, like, Wizards since they got moved to digital last year. So I suspect we will still have a digital Eternal Weekend this year, uh, but I suspect that there may be a paper one. But I suspect we will still see a digital one. Oh uh, and the reason I say that is because the because those events were so popular. That's true because you just paid what twenty five bucks and uh, twenty five or no, you just paid the entry fee and you got yeah the, the access token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you got the so, access if you pre-ordered it or whatever like a week ahead of time you had yes. all week to figure out what deck you want to play right yeah and uh and it was i mean the the events that they held legacy and vintage like mm-hmm. uh legacy got so many people that like the last event of the weekend it capped mm-hmm. it was like 600 something players 600 something players i was like holy cow so uh i it's clear that there's demand there for those formats uh, it's clear that people want to play those formats. I think that more normalization of proxies will help uh, for Legacy and Vintage, and that I'm sure that's going to happen going forward. It's going to have to. Maybe like, at events that are ran by non-Wizards, non-Channel Fireball, assuming they're even one do that anymore, um, tournament organizers, perhaps? Yeah. Um, I, I, I am looking forward 
to the very first post-pandemic Buffalo Chicken Dip legacy. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to Robert Wilson saying, hey, we're cleared to, to play Proxy Legacy, mm-hmm. you know, in a store somewhere or wherever he decides he wants to do it or whatnot. Sure. And um, waiting for Robert Wilson to be like, hey, we're doing it. We're going to do Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy The Return. And right. I'm so excited for that because... A, he makes good buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> That's the most important part about this whole thing, is the buffalo chicken dip, let me tell you. Uh, but also just being able to play some proxy legacy with people. Like, right. uh, I have a uh, proxy vintage event coming up in uh, June here uh, at a buddy's, his uncle's place up in West Farmington, Ohio. Uh, it's called The Land. It's uh, like this big like lodge that he uses for for fishing and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm going to go up and it's got, they've got a pool, they've got a hot tub, like it's crazy fun and it's all team serious, uh, you know, and we're all vaccinated and it's all going to be great. Like it's going to be so much fun. Nice. Uh, I, I have no idea what I'm going to play. Uh, I, I've pretty much hashed out that I'll probably decide like a week beforehand what I'm going to play. Play Delver. Um, uh, it's, it's vintage, so. Okay, play Delver. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaning hard on this deck that uh, Matt Murray play uh, posted a five zero with, and it's a uh, it's an Arkham's Astrolabe <laughs> deck, <laughs> uh, and uh, but it plays this um, one of the sagas from Kaldheim, uh, which is a uh, showdown of the Skalds. Okay. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. So showdown of the scalds. Uh, its first chapter is that you exile the top four cards of your library, and until the end of your next turn, you can play them. Yep. And then chapters two and three are whenever you cast a spell, uh, you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can like, oh, I've got a nice fang coatl, uh, in play. Um, start chaining spells now. This ice fang is like a thirteen, thirteen. Right, it's a real threat. Yeah, right. Attack you like. Uh, I made a 33-33 Omnath Locus of Creation. Just goldfishing. Because why not? <laughs> uh, uh, so, it, the deck seems like a lot of fun. Uh, there's so many cheap spells. Uh, in what, what what helps is, is like if you hit like another showdown mm-hmm. off of your showdown, uh, and then you cast that showdown, then you can get turns where you have like three triggers at once. So from wait, you're telling me there are cheap spells in vintage? Yeah, really, tons. <laughs> tons. So uh, it's a cool deck. Okay, uh, it's 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 super neat. Uh, it's either that. Um, the only problem is, is like I have is I don't have any like, uh, in my my NPC proxy setup stuff. I don't have anything from Strixhaven yet. Mm. Uh, so I'm planning an order to get to like shore up some places for Strixhaven stuff that I might want to have. Uh, like the Wither Bloom Apprentice, like Chain of Smog crap, and um, Sedgemore Witch, which is a card that we talked about earlier. Uh, his seeing play in Vintage. During our, our pre-show, yeah. yeah, Sed- yeah, yeah. Sedgemore Witch is ridiculous, but I, I need to ask something, though, because you mentioned uh, mentioned our namesake card, right? Yes. Um, have you thought about getting a playset of those altered with our uh, podcast <laughs> art? I should. You should. I should. If you're gonna play in vintage, like that, or I, or it's I like a business get, card. Or I should just get the um, the proxies made. Hey, there you with, go. With them, um, yeah, just, yeah. 
I, I'm going to yeah. proxy for Arkham's Astrolabe because it has to have this art. Right. Well, right. so um, I have a bunch of uh, uh, makeplayingcards.com proxies that I have gotten or printed mm-hmm. because um, I wanted the same the same thickness feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that across. So people are always like, well, why do you proxy cheap stuff? Like, why not just proxy expensive stuff? And it's like, well, you proxy like the expensive stuff. Like, there's that always that chance that the feel. Yeah, the thickness of the card is always off. And if you look at the uh, deck, you'll probably be able to tell when it's coming. Right, right. And so I like to have everything kind of also a look the same. Yep. That and it all looks different enough that it doesn't look like a real magic card. Yep. Uh, and so I like doing that. Uh, and then um, I also like using different frames and stuff. Uh, and so it looks a little bit different. But I also ended up what I also did with the stuff I've got is um, I have disparate cards printed on the back of every card uh so if you look at a card like you probably won't be able to see this but uh i've got uh yeah because of my there you go yeah okay i, I got a for at a force of will on the back on the on the other back it's god pharaoh statue see that's cool so uh and it's just like oh i, I have cards that i don't you know play that don't play in certain decks together right you know like you know, I'll have like goblins on one back and I'll have, you know, something for Hogak on the other side because, you know, I'm never going to play those cards together in the same deck or whatnot. Do you put Squee uh, in the Hogak deck? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Squee does not count as a goblin card. Squee is not right. a. Squee is, Squee is a free bizarre card. Let's just be realistic right. here. Like, that is a card that you pitch to bizarre to turn bizarre into uh, card positive. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I I I specifically did all this stuff for these kinds of events, like the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy and like the the TSI the Team Series events because cool. Uh, it's just way easier. I spent too much time like printing decks and cutting them out on pa- pieces of paper. Uh, to actually uh, just have this where I can just like, oh, I just want a deck build. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Like, I've yeah. seen people do stuff like that before, or they'll have cards that have, like, just a card name on them, but, like, three different card names. Mm. Uh, and they know, like, what deck they're playing based on the card name or whatever. Like, yeah. they're, they're, I, they're I just did this so that I could deck build. Like, okay. Just like, okay I, can, I can now deck build with this. Um, so, uh, Magic Post-Pandemic, Normalized Proxies, yay. Um, yeah. Um, you know... Dot- Thoughts on one plane per set over the last year? Yeah, like uh, I don't know. What, I, what I do don't, you think? I, I think from a flavor perspective, mm-hmm. it's a little strange because you can't get a good feel of a world without uh, like like Kaldheim was kind of abrupt. Yeah, uh, and it's like okay, Kaldheim, uh, we didn't really get a chance to really get a feel for this world uh, because we were only there for one set. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like Ravnica, like we had three sets of Ravnica basically, uh, you know, between, you know, guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance and War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, like, cool. Like, you know, that's, that's neat. But like, yeah, the, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that having one, having single sets is fine. I, I just think, yeah, I don't know. It, it's. It's hard to say because we, we tried the two set thing and that didn't seem to work either. Yeah, but they also were not using the core sets when they did that. 
And that's true. That that's caused true. the problems where it's like, oh, well, vehicles is such a uh, omnipresent mechanic and standard, and there's not a core set to print generic answers for vehicles mm. or whatever. Or like we had uh, the problem with Eldritch Moon where Delirium kind of took over for a bit because there was no graveyard hate. And it's like, oh, we got banned to pay off. And then Delirium literally just went away. Like, right. no one played anymore because the giant payoff was gone. Which right. I think is kind of crappy because it's like, oh, well, instead of me trying to figure out how to play Delirium in a different way or a way that maybe it was intended, uh, I'm just not going to play the deck. Kind of like what happened with uh, Infect when uh, Jataxian Probe was banned. They're like, oh, the deck is dead. And I'm like, Spell Pierce is a card. Just right, put that in right. there. And cool, you can now count the removal they're doing on their turn and then swing back and kill them. Oh, no, right. you, you, you want easy mode. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, I, I, don't I don't know. know. Like, I I get why they did it. Like, because they... Like with Ravnica, right? You mentioned that. When they're in Ravnica, they have to essentially design three sets, right? Well, just even not Ravnica, like in the before times. They would have to design for three sets. All right, well, the first set's going to be this part of the story and second set this part, and so on and so forth. And they have to decide where the mechanics go, and all that. So they're kind of doing three things in one when they're sitting sitting down for their initial meeting to design, say, Tarkir, or Ravnica, or Innistrad, whatever, right? And then when they went to the two sets, it got kind of condensed a little bit. But this one just seems like... Uh, what, what's what's something? What's a word I or a phrase I can say? It seems like a one night stand. <laughs> like, because here's what's going to rotate uh, this fall. Uh, we will lose Throne of Eldraine. Pause for Thank pause. God. Uh, Theros Beyond oh Death. My God. Icoria Lair Behemoth. Thank goodness the companions are leaving standard. Uh, and Corset 2021. So all those will leave standard. Which will leave us with Zendikar Rising, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, uh, the Adventures in Forgotten Realms, which I can't wait. Uh, and then the the two Innistrad sets, uh, one coming out in September, one coming out in November. Um, but once the September one hits, that's when these things will start rotating, from what I understand. Um, so there won't be a core set uh, in Standard again, so that will be kind of weird. Um, yeah, well, so, yeah, because yeah, because the D and D set will be is kind of the core set, right? It's kind of like taking that that summer slot or whatever. And who knows if they'll even bring them back? Like, if what what they could do, and I, I've written about this before on another, either on my own blog or another website many years ago, is they could take the moniker of classic, which they used for, I believe, sixth edition. Uh, they could have that in a, a separate section or separate ladder outside of the normal rotation schedule. And like, all right, this set, classic 2022, uh, just don't date out there, just just go with me here, is legal right. until the next classic set comes out. Uh, that way there's always a core set in standard. Uh, and then for their normal releases... They can just release, uh, they can go to a plane, they can go to, say, Innistrad, again, and two sets, 
And then after that, let's say we find out what Karn's been up to. We go to New Phyrexia, and we're there for two sets. And we just kind of keep doing something like that. Um, hmm. Will they do that? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like, I know they want right. to do, like, D&D stuff. They, they want to have a booster product set for part of their universes beyond. Or, like, their Magic IP. Like, I think Lord of the Rings was one of the ones they talked about having a full Yeah, but that's not set. standard legal. Right. Like, they're yeah, yeah they're not going to make it standard legal. But, you know, it's like, how far can you push product without impacting other sets or getting people confused? So, there's that. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like what they're... After having a full year of it, I'm not a fan of what they're doing. Because, like you just said, like, we were on Kaldheim. Cool, what's going on? Oh, there's these elves and Tyvar and Nico and Kaya had axes and Vorinclex uh, is here and what's the Doom Scar? All this like Ragnarok. Okay, and wait, uh, uh, wait, hold on, Harry Potter. I mean, uh, Strixhaven School College thing. Uh, but wait, what? Like, yeah. And then by the time that. You know, we record again. Maybe there'll be buzz about Modern Horizons, and they'll be talking about Strixhaven anymore. Like even on Arena, like uh, when the month ended, and people got their monthly rewards for whatever they've done in Arena, they got Callheim packs. People are like, "Why did I get Callheim packs?" It's Strixhaven. Like we're we're already programmed so much to forget whatever the last set was that we don't even want it anymore as far as product. And that's not good. Like, if you're running a business, you want people to always want your product, right? Right. I would think so. Like, just because, you know, that Captain America figure on, on the shelf at Meyer was released last year doesn't mean you don't want it sold just because it's last year's model, right? It could come along, like, maybe he just watched Falcon Winter Soldier and sees Captain America. Oh, I want this, right? So, I, I don't know. Just... I get why they're doing it. I just think they can do things a little bit differently and still achieve the success, both game mechanic and financially, by perhaps maybe revisiting the, uh, like what we did with Omniket, where we were on Omniket for a while. All right, everybody arrived, had enough time to develop a story. We see it in the cards. Nissa had an epiphany and went to blue for a hot second. Uh, and then like shit went sideways and then all of a sudden the planeswalkers the the, the gate watch disbanded and everybody disappeared and went their own way and after our devastation we're like where they go like we were invested in it now it's like who, who's going on like there's all this talk and there's all this talk about character representation in Strixhaven and uh it, it doesn't it's not about people who look like me so I, I don't connect with that but it doesn't mean that these people's uh, feelings are wrong or invalid but it, it just seems like we don't have enough time to invest into that to find out why why these people are having these feelings uh, what wizards could have done differently maybe learn the characters more like there, there seems to be no interest or no agency. Not like there used to be, if that makes any sense. I, I don't know. 
Like, <sighs> yeah, it just it it seems all kind of meh. Like, it's like a a new level of fatigue. If that makes any sense. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. uh, as far as us, as far as we're concerned, uh, we do have a thing. It's what's next. Uh, I don't know. Just keep doing what we're doing, pretty much. Oh, for, for <laughs> us? Oh, yeah. yeah like, we, we've talked a little bit before about doing more or different things now that I finally wisened up and have a rental account for Magic Online. Um, like, doing actually some recorded content, putting on YouTube. Um, like playing a couple decks, either legacy or modern, against each other, or maybe Joe even show me the ropes and vintage. But mm-hmm. like, you know, we also have uh, we're both married. Uh, you have a young child. I have a young puppy. <laughs> my my daughter do- my daughter graduated seven years ago. Joe, yeah, seven. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, yeah, we got families, responsibilities, all that stuff. That doing extra content beyond what we're doing now does kind of take away from that a little bit, but doesn't mean that we don't talk about or think about doing stuff. Right. Um, it's just you know we're we're not in a rush, and if we yep. if we wind up doing it, cool, we'll do it. Um, if you have any ideas or suggestions of what you would like for us to do, please stay tuned to the end of the show, and you'll know how to contact us. <laughs> so yeah um so we were gonna talk a little bit about modern uh then we were gonna talk a little bit about legacy there's some funness about legacy uh going on right now that people are getting really um well why, why don't you go first because I, I i just talked a little bit about a couple of subjects <laughs> nah, that's you, fine you go first talk about some legacy because I'm, I'm sure it's what so here. so there's this deck floating around uh, that people have been talking about. Uh, and it's it's this Mystic Forge combo deck. Uh, and there's this whole thing about, you know, this deck is, is interesting. It's kind of fun. You know, um, the versions of the deck that have done well with this are not playing the cards I'm about to talk about. Uh, so this version of the deck that people are getting actually like upset about which is weird uh has like zero results (laughs) like actual results uh but it's such a meme uh and it's uh this deck's playing uh four copies of the card jeweled lotus which is the commander lotus (laughs) and what happens is uh, there's a card uh, called Doubling Cube. And what happens is, is Doubling Cube says tap, you pay three and you tap, you double the amount of each type of mana in your mana pool. And if you double floating mana that came from Jeweled Lotus, mm-hmm. it creates new mana that does not carry the same restriction as the original Jeweled Lotus mana. So it creates mana that is can be used for anything. So basically, say you've got two or three jeweled lotus in play, and you crack them all for triple for triple blue. There's you know nine nine blue mana that can only be used for uh, commander mm-hmm. mana. 
Um, so if you, you know, double that, you know, with doubling cube, so you've got, you know, uh, enough mana to activate doubling cube, uh, you will get uh, double that mana, mana. So you get nine, nine more mana off of that. That can can be used for anything, <laughs> and it's a, it's a real hot meme. Don't get me wrong. This oh, is a hot uh, yeah. meme. This is this is beautiful. This is beautiful from the sense of somebody took a card that is literally practically unplayable mm-hmm. and found a way to play it. Try and it. I I gotta admit that kind of ingenuity is freaking hilarious. Trying way too hard. I'm dying of laughter, especially because there are commander players who are so freaking upset that they're arguing in like Shivam's mentions and shit about how they should fix the rules so that it doesn't work like this. Sure, Jan. And I'm just like, whatever, man. Like, come on. Like, nobody is putting up results with this. Everybody's like, oh my god, this is gonna steamroll the format. It's so bad. It's... No. No, Look, this is not this is nowhere close to the 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 the, the Turbo Mystic Forge deck that was doing well is back to a position where people are like, oh, this deck exists, right? Here's some cards that make it not exist, right? Yeah, here, here <laughs> like, here's the hate, right? Because none of these de- like these decks, especially like these Turbo Mystic Forge decks, mm-hmm. uh, they don't really beat like the combination of, like, a Null Rod and, like, a Leyline of the Void. Uh, because for those who don't understand how these decks work, um, these cards play the card Echo of Eons with, like, Lion's Eye Diamond. And uh, a lot of them also play, the the ones that are doing well play Basalt Monolith, Grim Monolith, and they play uh, Mesmeric Orb. Uh, so that you can repeatedly tap your Basalt Monolith and repeatedly untap your Basalt Monolith with Mesmeric Orb and play and mill your graveyard mm-hmm. until you hit like a, an echo of eons and you can cast the echo of eons from your graveyard with your lion's eye diamond and you can just keep doing this or whatnot and so you just kind of cycle through your deck you see a lot of cards and eventually you want to try and cast mystic forge and Karn the great creator in order to win the game and so the thing is like this deck has all of its interaction is tied up in cards like defense grid uh, that are, it wants to cast like a, you know, a turn one defense grid and then start going off turn two because it can get through interaction at that point. So is this an evolution of the Karn Echoes deck? Uh, A little bit, but I think the thing is I, I, I've played against this deck with Karn Echoes. Uh, This deck falls really hard to other decks that play Karn. Okay. uh, Because if you can, turbo out an early Karn against this deck, they can't beat it. Yeah, because like, you, at all. You, uh, the, you stony silence their, their artifacts. Right. You 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 play literally like... Yeah, I think they, these decks generally only play like 12 lands. Mm-hmm. And they're all colorless. Because <laughs> nice. they play, you know, 4 Ancient Tomb, 4 City of Traders, 4 Crystal Bane. Or whatnot, because they want that maximum they soul want land. Soul land. Yeah, they want that maximum soul land so that they can go that turn one, you know, defense grid into, you know, whatever. They're not even playing Chalice of the Void. So, because they're such a turbo deck. So you want, so like if you play Chalice on zero against them or Chalice on, Chalice on zero, Chalice on one. Jeez. uh, You know, you cut off their keys. 
you cut off their their lotus petals their lion's eye diamonds their mox opals like uh you know if you play anything like collector roof collector roof is like the one card that like the deck has a slight answer to uh because they play uh sky sovereign console flagship out of the sideboard <laughs> and so they can wish for that with karn and then cast it and it, uh, it does damage yeah yeah kill the but like straight null rod Wait, hold on it's, it's, it's actually a, right here yeah. on, on top of my desk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Skyship. Oh, yeah, here's SDF1 right here on, yeah. on a stack of cards. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that, that's yeah, wild, yeah. man. Look, look. All right, Commander players. All right, I know you're mad that Legacy players have taken one of, quote, your cards <laughs> and are playing in Legacy. You need to stop. It's, like, it's not good. First of all, y'all the ones out there causing the prices to raise. And then what's happening is because of you all taking the uh, supply because of the demand, the uh, beta and revised investments folks out there are the ones now going up and soaking up the rest of that and getting those cards graded, making the cards even more expensive for the rest of people like myself and Joe who just simply want to bleeping play the game. So this isn't your game to to play or own or whatever. This should be everybody's game. So you getting, I, I just I just think the whole thing's hilarious. Get, getting mad at somebody in Legacy figuring out some neat interaction on Magic Online. Cause remember, we can't go play paper right now. Right. You know, they're taking a card that uh, people spec'd on way too hard, and that price bottomed out so fast that there right. were there were crying videos on YouTube, right? Because people were like, "I'm going to lose my house," and just all this like hyperbolic overreaction because they did the thing they shouldn't do, and that was pre-order. Yep. Um. So yeah, ch- chillax. Just just go, go go shuffle up your commander deck, play. Uh. Play your uh, your game your uh, a Crowan refuge or whatever your your game life <laughs> come into play tapped land and stop worrying about card prices that you're the ones that jacked up to begin with. I, I just think I just think it's hilarious. Uh, I also got to give props to um, our my good buddy uh, Brian Koval uh, recorded a video with this deck. And is that one the, of- the Bosch guy? Yeah, Bosch and Roll. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. I've been watching yeah. some of his videos. They're, they're pretty, yeah. pretty entertaining. Brian, Brian, Brian is super entertaining. He's yeah. really, really good. He's a good player, too. Yeah. Uh, dude is a multiple top eight Eternal Weekend vintage champion. Oh, oh by the way, so. before you talk, talk about this guy in his videos, get out of Shiva's, Shiva's mentions, please. Get off, get off his Twitter. <laughs> Stop yelling at him. Dude, yeah. dude is a, well, dude It is wasn't, a, even, wasn't even like... Yeah, arguing with him even he was they were just in his mentions right stop demanding that he do something on a dime you know right just, just it was just funny just leave him alone like he's a good dude but like, uh fuck. so yeah um brian played a bit vi- yeah, post posted a video with this deck yeah and uh one of the people in the youtube comments uh jonathan deleo uh doc deleo uh said uh i have it i got it the name of this deck this with for this this jewel lotus Uh-oh. you know business it's like this deck should be called money laundering what money laundering money laundering 
because you're because you're because you're laundering dirty mana into clean mana. <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect, like absolutely spot on. Well, well played, sir. So um, I died. I died. I was just like, okay, good. If if we had an award show at the end of the year, that would be deck name of the year, probably deck right? name of the decade. Right. Like so. I, yeah, I, per- and, and again, remember. I work fraud investigations at my job. Right. <laughs> so those that word combination is a, a dirty word. Right, right. Like, holy, <laughs> wow. it's, it's, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. The other one that the other one that came up was uh mana laundering, which is kind of like a pellet. Oh, pellet okay. Pellet. All right, I but, like that uh, one. But uh the um the Jonathan said that I like money laundering from the standpoint of that it's a name that really doesn't have anything to do with legacy right. <laughs> and that makes it funny because you know legacy names often are like that mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean look at maverick like yeah maverick maverick literally the name the naming nomenclature of maverick has literally nothing to do with legacy as a format it has everything to do with the the mtgo screen name of the original guy that built the deck nice and that's it like that's it <laughs> or if you want to get real topical you know you can start looking into the the idea behind um uh tin fins deck names like oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've never watched c lab 2021 uh you will never get any of those deck names <laughs> because yeah. they're all jokes based on episodes of c lab 2021 and, and well even yeah. with nick fit like something that you're kind of known for uh, uh you know. sonic youth yeah, like that deck was supposed to be. Uh, they were talking about cards and like, oh, that would be nope. a, a nope. nice fit. Nope, nope, that's not even. That's it. not it. Okay, not that, that's even what, close. That's not what I heard. That's what nope, I heard, so. not even. There's our million. The original creator was listening to the song "Nick Fit" by Sonic Youth when he was huh. building the deck. And cool. That is the original inner naming nomenclature for Nick Fit. Yeah. And, and what's kind of awesome about Legacy that was, Deck that Names... Was, that was Tau on the source. Ah, okay. What, what's yeah. kind of cool about Legacy Deck Names is they kind of took what was also happening in Standard. Like, there were, there were some cool deck names in Standard right? back in the day. Back before it was whatever Star City Games wanted to name your deck. Um, and Legacy kind of kept that, that nomenclature and, and went forward with it. And I, I really dig it. Um, however, don't tell Legacy players that their uh, blue-white base control deck is Azurius. They will roast you. <laughs> it's mir- it's it, miracle. It's, it's, it's blue-white. It's, blue it's not Azurius. It's blue-white. All right, so let's talk about Modern. Yeah. Because uh, you, um, you have something about it. And we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. We have Secret Lair to talk about. Oh, sure. Falcon and Winter Soldier. So let's, let's yeah, yeah, touch yeah. on Modern briefly here. Yeah. You have well, something here about Elves. Well, we, we have some about Elves. But before we get to that, because you mentioned uh, a deck and names or whatever, as I was going through stuff, I went through uh, MTG Top 8 to just kind of look at decks and stuff. I, I visit site every now and again. And I came across a deck called Walks. W-A-L-K-S. And I'm like, what is what is this? Like, <laughs> and then I, I clicked on as I was waiting for the page load. Time walks. Oh, okay, yeah, the, yeah. There, there's some extra turn spells, but there's this four color non-black running Yorion, and uh, where, where was it? Um, oh yeah, fires of invention. Uh, mm. but it's running like extra turn spells. But what it's also doing 
outside these planeswalkers, including Tameo Collector of Tales, to get your uh, extra turn spells back because uh, you don't have uh, Mystic Sanctuary anymore. Um, it's running Dwarven Mine. Now, yes. Dwarven Mine is a mountain uh, from Thurnaville Drain. Uh, enters the battlefield untapped unless you control no, or, or tap. Sorry, tap unless you control three or more mountains. Other mountains. Yeah, other, uh, that's yeah, the important. Other mountains. Yeah. Other mountains. So this yeah, would be yeah. your fourth mountain. When yes. it comes into, into the battlefield uh, untapped, you create a one-one red dwarf creature token. And why is that important? Because you can either polymorph or transmorphify it, essentially the red polymorph, and create and make that token into. Uh, Velomachus Lorehold. Velomachus Lorehold. Essentially the Elder Dragon from Lorehold. Yes. Which has Flying Vigilance Haste, a 5 5 4, 5, Seven. a red, and a white. It's like yeah. you're not playing, playing retail for that. When it attacks, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value less than or equal to this thing's power from among them without paying its mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom in any order. So, so, you, so you can cast Time Warp is basically yeah, what it boils down yeah, to. You, yeah, you can, you, can, you can cast your, your Time Warp cards, like right. actual Time Warp or Savor the Moment, which is a uh, one and two blue from Shadow War. Take an extra turn after this one, skip the untapped step. Well, oh, that's cool. The, the Elder Dragon has Vigilance, so right. it's never tapped. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's cool. This, like, deck, wow. this deck is just so it's so stupid. I'm, and I I sent it to uh, uh, Saffron Olive. I'm like, against the odds, Meme or Dream. <laughs> like this, like he's been wanting to find a deck with this Elder Dragon. I think so. This will probably be up his alley. But uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I was going through my decks, and I've noticed something with elves. Like I, I talked earlier about Kaldheim. We had elvish. Uh, Warcaller and Realmwalker. Well, because of the inclusion of those cards, Llanowar Elves has been kind of pushed out. Like, uh, there are some players out there who are like, huh, what's Elves up to? Oh, cool, I'll play this. And it, they may only do that one video for their content or whatever, but they're they're showing how people... Now, there are some people who are still running all eight mana dorks, but when you have, like, Firebolt, Renin Six, Fatal Push, Lightning Bolt, like you have all these cheap, efficient direct damage spells in the format that are played in the top decks in the format. It's kind of hard to be able to go Lantern Worlds pass and it survive. Uh, Bolt to bird, right? Plus, right. you're already playing like um, Heritage Druid anyway. So if you can go Heritage Druid into Dwinin's Elite, now you got three mana on turn two anyway. So you kind of don't need Lantern Worlds. So I looked at that and I'm like. Oh, I just made some money because <laughs> I can take my foil seventh edition Lanowells and move them on up, right. um, and get them out of here for some cash. So that I thought that was kind of neat. Most lists are running at least the four Elvish Mystics. Some run a fifth Mana Dork somewhere. I'm running a um, uh, Elves of Deep Shadow, so I can at least have it for black for a Shaman of the Pack. Um, and Elvish Visionary is just too good of a card to not have in the deck. I mean, it's a 1-1 one, one that replaces itself. Card's Legacy playable, too. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Spot, spot removal is still too good in the format for a lot of tribal and creature decks, but uh, Elves kind of has some staying power because 
a lot of your cards are redundant. You don't have outside of um, uh, Three's Company, uh, Collected Company. Uh, I always think of Three's Company uh, when I'm thinking about that card. But outside of that, all your cards are creatures. You have a couple lords in the deck. So, you know, if you can get past the spot removal for a couple turns, you're fine. Uh, some are running Shaper Sanctuary from the board. Uh, some are running Heroic Intervention. But, yeah, the sideboards in Modern are, are really the part that's in flux right now because there's no set or defined, like, very top, top deck, which is good because that means the format's not broken. Right. Um, but that that's the part I'm I'm still kind of struggling with just with modern generals, what what the heck to put in a sideboard and how that impacts main deck. Like, um, I've rented so many Jun cards. Like, I can have three different versions of Jun ready to go on uh, on Magic Online. <laughs> uh, right now I'm trying out uh, Boomer Jun, like like just OG four ofs and stuff, and see how that goes. But yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, if you like it, cool. If not. Or if you like Legacy, cool. I mean, there, there's tons of sweet decks in both formats right now. And if you can find a, a cool uh, Commander Legends card to put in your Legacy deck, do it to make them mad. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but maybe partially I'm kidding. I don't know. But yeah, it, it's fun. Just, just play Magic. Enjoy life. Have fun. That's um, right. That's right. But secret uh, layers, man. We, we got secret, a new layers. secret layer alert. We got a bunch of them. Jesus. Uh, so I, there's like I don't even have the list on the screen. So there's there's uh, five different ones uh, that are all the shocklands. So they didn't do the thing that we thought they were going to do. They didn't do the hey, we're going to put all ten shocklands in a uh, secret layer like the um, ultimate edition thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is good. That that part's good. They didn't do that, but they did do the hey, we're going to have each uh, shard colored uh, fetch, or, or um, not fetch land, but uh, shock lands. Uh, so you're going to have different ones. There's, you know, Bant, Esper, uh, Grixis, uh, Jund, and Naya. Which is uh, so, wild. So there's some overlap here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you're going to have Watery Grave in both your, your Grixis and your uh, Esper. Mm-hmm. One, you know, you're gonna have Hollowed Fountain in your Bant and your, you know, Esper yeah. one. So uh, this just natural; it's gonna happen that way. Yeah. Uh, so there's some, there's some, there's some overlap from each one, uh, but they're all. These were the ones that got spoiled on Magic Online. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So they were they were spoiled on Magic Online because they were put into the client. Uh, and they were just there, uh, so that was kind of neat. Uh, and they're all on different planes, uh, so they're not. Mm-hmm. These are shocklands that are not specifically tied to Ravnica. Yeah, I uh, think uh, the Overgrown Tomb uh, that's in the Jund mm-hmm. one has a quote from um, from Queen Marchesa. Yes, which is weird because uh, the colors the Overgrown Tomb produces, green and black are not colors associated with Queen Marchesa. So that, that's kind of neat. It just kind of gives you a sense of what plane uh, this could be on. Um, I also believe um, Magali did uh, Sacred Foundry. Yes, so, which is set on Kaladesh. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really pretty. Uh, but 
there's some really good ones. Like there's, you know, it's like, so let's, let's run down uh, the list here. So Hallowed Fountain is set on Valor's Reach, which is the uh, plane from Battle Bond. Uh, Breeding Pool is New Phyrexia, uh, which is cool. Because why Tem- Temple Garden is Theros. Um, Godless Shrine is Amonkhet, which is really well done. Uh, that's really neat. Uh, Watery Grave is Ixalan. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Blood Crypt is Innistrad. Nice. Uh, which is really neat because it mentions uh, Markov Manor. Uh, Steam Vents is Dominaria, uh, which is sweet because it has some neat flavor texts. Despite being abandoned for millennia, the Thrawn Ironworks still occasionally sputter to life, and it's like, <laughs> neat. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, Overgrown Tomb is uh, set on Fiora, which is uh, the uh, plane from Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it mentions Brago, and it's a quote by Queen Marchesa. Uh, Stomping Ground is set on um, Tarkir, uh, the, the post-Dragons uh, Tarkir universe. Right, after it, the, uh, the, the uh, yeah. time change. Because it mentions a Tarka, and it's got Serac the Hunt Collar, and, and the Sacred Foundry is Kaladesh. Uh, that's it's they're, they're neat. They're all the all the art is really good looking. Oh yeah. Um, that I gotta I gotta give them credit for the art. Um, the, the, we got the well the, the fact that wizards printed these and like we can't put them anywhere but Ravnica, and oh oops I guess we can, right? Right. Because he got them set up like this. And, right. You know you can get these in. I want to say you can get them in. Foil and non-foil? Let, let me double check that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, yeah, you can get them in. Uh, no, I think they're all non-foil. Okay. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah they're looks, all non-foil. Looks like non-foil. Yeah. Um, but still, like you can get uh, each of them individually for thirty bucks per shard, or you can just get the super shock bundle, which is uh, about one hundred twenty bucks. Right. Um, and they're on sale now, but they're uh, what? they're doing is it's not like a week-long thing you can order this all the way to the 28th of May yeah so maybe it's nice. something they learned with the black is magic where it was available for a longer time than the normal like one week right uh, thing there so that, that's kind of cool hey hey Scott yeah there's more they they went full meme with this too they did we have full meme we have full text basics I can't <laughs> I, I, I can't believe this. No. I, I I I am surprised that we didn't save this for a an unset. Not only did they do full text or or what I like to call artless lands, but they also have them in foil. Right now, what we mean by artless is the fact that at the top of the card it has, for example, planes, and then underneath that, basic land planes. There's no art there, and then it has the secret layer. Star, uh, starburst symbol and then after that is literally rules text. rules text yep just all rules text about how uh in basic lands and on top of that because there's no art there's no artist credit there's no <laughs> artist credit and somebody was somebody's was talking about who should you have to sign these I, and i was oh who do you think uh, should sign them jesper mirror force Okay, interesting. Because he because he he uh, created the mana symbol. Well, no, well he was instrumental in helping create the mana symbols. Fair enough. That that's a good point. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think that was what him and Christopher Rush. Yep. Really, uh, really were central central on creating that. I I suggested Gavin Verhate. Yeah, that's that's because, a good one too. Because uh, this seems to be like uh, up Gavin's alley as far as having right. this something this wacky. Right. Um. But yeah, the the uh, artist sign card community is going nuts. Like, who should <laughs> who should sign this? Anybody um, doesn't right. matter who. It doesn't matter. Just some, some someone suggested call a judge over for rules question and then have the judge sign it. <laughs> That's good. Um, so um, we have a, another um, set of band posters. Oh, oh shoot! I accidentally closed the window. Huh? So, I was looking at all these. <laughs> so, so we have another set of band posters. This uh, this one is called "Our Show Is on Friday." Can you make it? Uh, and I I dig these a lot uh, because they they're like jam band slash progressive rock slash yeah you know they're they're all these like various uh, kind of like really unique looking cards. Uh, my only uh, criticism is that they are not available in foil, uh, and I'm just uh, that upsets me so much because I would love to have that preordain in yeah. foil. Like the yeah, preordain, they... the preordain reminds me a lot of uh, bands like uh, Dream Theater, mm-hmm. uh, very explicitly. Like those kind of like Dream Theater, uh, Joe Satriani, you know that sort of thing. Like those oh, kind wow. of those kind of you know. I, I understood that reference, Joe. Yeah, I'm a big Joe Satriani fan. I love Joe Satriani. Okay. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like some of his album covers, like you know, right. those, that real psychedelic prog rock style. Um, you know, we've got Wrath of God. That's kind of like your, uh, kind of like your Tool kind of style looking. You know, uh, you know, funky. You know, th- this real funky like symbol symbolism stuff going on in the art and that sort of thing you got nature's lawrence got the big owl on it and um gamble they printed a really cool looking gamble after gamble is no longer playable in legacy lands like <laughs> right thanks folks this is just not even played anymore in the deck and it's like here's a cool gamble um yep. decree of pain that's the one um, I, I was looking at decree yeah, of pain yeah. wrath of god yeah decree of pain's got that kind of um What's the word uh, that I'm looking for? It's not, it's not metal. It's kind of like that. Kind of like a like a Black Sabbath type of feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, like like early days of metal. Black, yeah, Black Sabbath, dark metal. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, pretty neat. Um, so that one's cool, but that one is only available in non foil, and that's the only thing that upsets me about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I I understand. Yeah, it should yeah. be should be foil. I mean. We shouldn't be surprised. I, I think we actually saw the nature's lore like previewed yes, months ago. Did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we shouldn't be surprised that after the success of Kaldheim and the Metal Lands, uh, that they were going to do something like this again. And, I, I love there. these kinds of um, things, though. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's our neat. Uh, we do have a secret layer for Showcase Strixhaven, uh, which is uh, six more cards in the uh, Mystical Archive. Uh, mm-hmm. frame which i really like the mystical archive frame it's pretty busy but there's a lot of but it looks really good and, and uh, uh this one comes in foil too yes these ones come in foil uh this one has uh fire covenant there's a blast right there from the past literally a blast literally yes. a blast from the past because that used to be playable in legacy grixis delver mm-hmm. uh because you could play it as a, like a pyroclasm effect mm-hmm. um fractured identity which is like like 
vid, not vid, but um, commander, basic commander staple. Right. Uh, as far as I understand, it's also a really good cube card, except in situations like Magic Online where it causes weird bugs to happen. They should, <laughs> just take, they, they should literally just take the card out of the Magic Online, the vintage cube, literally every time they run it because it always causes problems with something. But Joe, uh, if we take that out of there, then people won't be playing the cube because they uh, want to experience things. And uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's so bad. But you're, you're right. You're right. They there, should. Was, there was an issue. God, what was it with? There, there, I, there is an issue already with that hasn't been fixed yet with um, Garouk, uh, the flip Garouk. Oh, Garouk Relentless? Garouk Relentless. So if you make Fractured Identity Garouk Relentless the token can't transform so because it's a token right it has no backside right so if garuk relentless ever gets to that that situation where it has two or less loyalty counters Mm -hmm. it will just attempt to transform and it crashes the game (sighs) (laughs) when it really should just end in it should just end the game in a draw right technically because you can never break out of it right well, uh, you can uh, if you destroy Garouk. Like, that's the only way to break out of it. If Garouk leaves the battlefield somehow, at that point, you can break out of it. But there was another one. There was somebody had mentioned, like, there was another, like, bug, stupid bug, with um, fractured identity. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Somebody fractured identity to a Tybalt uh, cosmic imposter. What? Why? And didn't get the emblem. So some somebody so somebody had Tybalt in play. Somebody fractured identity their Tybalt, and they didn't get the emblem when the token came into play. And I'm like, you should have gotten the emblem. Like right. it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, fractured identity, cool card, weird rule scenarios. Yep. Uh, fracturing gust, uh, which is really cool. Last uh, time we saw that was uh, I want to say one of the Ravnica guild kits. Something like that, yeah. Uh, all is dust. That art looks yeah. awesome. So, so uh, again, like these are all mystical archive. Why type are cards, they not so... on his, on arena? Why are these not right, on arena? Right. They, yeah. The mystic. They're all mystical archive cards. So they all have that similar style of mystical archive art. All is dust and historic one time. Yeah. Uh, one time. Artifact mutation. That's another one that's real out there. Uh, if people don't know what artifact mutation does it's a red green instant that's literally what it costs, it costs red green you destroy an artifact it can't be regenerated you create x11 green saperling creature tokens where x is their artifact's mana value uh, so that's that's a blast from the past uh, and then uh, how far ago was that? artifact it's, mutation it's been a while invasion, like, okay. invasion. Yeah. wow yeah it's an so, instant. Holy cow. And they actually ended up putting it in the 2020 Commander uh, set. It was in C- 2016, too. Huh. But its original printing was Invasion. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, blue-black control staple uh, Drama the Lock. Yep. Which is super cool. Like, the art is really weird, though, for Drama the Lock. It's very... It's very strange looking art, but it's cool. Like, yeah, it doesn't so. seem representative of the name of the card, but right. I mean, still, 
just uh, give us these in historic, damn it. Like, and, then, and then, of course, if you want to be a voracious reader, <laughs> if you want to be a voracious reader, you can get uh, 10 at times the full text lands in foil for three hundred and nineteen ninety nine, is that an option? I must have missed that one. Yes, that is an option. You can get a oh god, non- there it is. You can get a non foil set of ten wow. times the full text land, so you'll get ten each of them because they come with uh, they come with one each, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you can get ten x for two hundred and. Thirty nine ninety nine for non foil and three hundred and nineteen ninety nine for foil. Jesus. <laughs> now here's here's my prediction here uh, with this is that the full text lands will end up being the most expensive cards out of this entire um, secret lair drop series. I mean, I only say that because I don't think they will sell as many. Oh, slam dunk! Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think there will be less supply of them. They they will sell. Uh, they'll sell enough for those who really want them. Like right, something like this foil voracious reader bundle where you get ten of the artless lands. I can totally see someone buying like just someone getting real stupid and buying like, <laughs> three or four of these, and like, just be like, these are for my cube. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or they have them for their commander decks or right. they, they play modern merfolk and maybe they uh, used to teach English or something and uh, are probably just using the islands for their modern merfolk deck I don't know right you know um, yeah and, and just, then they're uh, they're also giving um, I guess like uh, a thousand customers will also possibly get a an Arcbound Ravager promo uh, that they're gonna have. Yeah, um, which I think that was from uh, like a, like a Grand Prix promo, wasn't it? MC MC qualifier, Mythic Championship qualifier. Yeah, which obviously we haven't had the paper event, so they're just right. kind of lying around, right? Right. Uh, there's also a sleeve code that they'll be out there for the Strixhaven theme sleeves, which is the art for Fire Covenant. Mm-hmm. Which looks really pretty cool. So that that art does look pretty sweet, especially so. with the, uh, I guess in the story of Strixhaven, there's this other. You've mentioned it before, but there's this other group outside of the colleges. Yeah, the Arik. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that kind of looks like that or has that right, feel. Yeah. So. So yeah, uh, that's the secret layers. We we won't fully hear about them because we gotta get to Modern Masters too and Forgotten Realms. Me Modern Horizons too. Or yeah, Modern Horizons too. And, Modern Horizons. But, right, Modern Horizons Masters. Um, no, but no, it, it's uh, whatever. I I'm still not ordering any secret layers, no matter. Like if you look at the shock, the super shock bundle, hundred twenty bucks, right? Yeah. And you get fifteen shocks. Like individually, like you you divide you do the math on that. That's as low as you're going to get on Shocklands right. right now. Any version right. doesn't matter. So like, even that seems like a decent uh, quote investment. But I, I'm not a I'm not a sixth edition in, investment channel here. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, I just I don't know. You do you boo. Like I got the cards I want to play with. If you're interested in these, hop on them. 
cool, have fun. Uh, they at least give an idea of when they'll be out, so they are getting better at that. Uh, showing release date August 25th when you go to place your order. So if Wizards is doing this, they're at least trying to give as much information as they can so that way people have an expectation of when to get that in their hands or, or when it's going to be shipped. Um, something else I noticed when on the site, you click on region uh, and it has United States and it has ship to and it has all these countries that they can ship to for United States and then for Europe has a bunch of other countries uh, then for United Kingdom it just has shipped to United Kingdom so <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird but um, it looks like your browser may have lost its way would you like us to redirect you to the current region oh okay so cool you can you can hop regions but it wants to know if you're okay because your browser may <laughs> be in a certain region or something all right so we should talk about it, it's what all right, so we're we're talk about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, and yep. get that spoilers! Out of the way. If you haven't seen the last uh, episode, you know you may want to skip ahead. Um, also, keep in mind that the Black Widow movie is coming out July 9th. Yeah, um, you can catch that in theaters and on Disney Plus. But um, you have to pay extra on Disney Plus. Yeah, you have to pay. There's like a premium thing you have to buy. I hate so. it. I hate uh, it. Yeah, I, I like I can just use that money to go to the movie. I hate it so much. Yeah, so um, much. Pr- Premier Access stinks. I hate it. We, we we can probably talk about that like on another episode or probably just outside of the podcast or whatever. Yeah, yep. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So here so, we go. Falcon Winter Soldier. Spoilers. Woo! Captain America's in the house. So good. Man, so holy good. Holy cow! They they deliver. They stuck the landing so well oh for ending the series. My only concern with the last episode is that all these action scenes were filmed at night. Right. So it was kind of hard to see. I, I, I but, enjoyed them being like, okay, we've made you wait long enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here he is. Like, and you're just like, and, and not only that, like that very first line of the guy going, who are you? And him going, I'm Captain America. I thought Captain America was on the moon. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh, man. Which, like, which gives credence to those who think that Captain America is, quote, a title, and that Steve Rogers just simply retired from being Captain America, and right. he's just being Steve Rogers on the moon. Right. Uh, which I'm like, so, why would an old man who's fought in all the war, wars, went back in time, married, uh, you know, the, the, the hot girl, girl, like, He's like, oh, uh, no, I want to go to the moon. Like, come on, that don't make any whatever. Yeah, yeah, nothing makes sense. Yeah, it's Marvel. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they they definitely stuck the landing on on introducing uh, Anthony Mackie, introducing Sam Wilson as the new Captain America. And on top of that, one of the biggest complaints about this show, similar to Wandavision, is that there was little action in a lot of the episodes between episode one, where we had uh, the first. Uh, fight scene from the beginning of the episode right now we get to the end and it starts with action there's right. not pretty a non-stop bunch of build up. yeah yeah right pretty much non-stop action yeah the, yeah you've got the you know the flag smashers trying to break up the grc you know meeting and right. you know sam's just trying to stop that and Yep. Bucky, Bucky's here, you know, doing his thing. Bucky and Sharon. Sharon Cotto shows up. Right. Yeah. Like the, 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 hey, 
um so i watched the um it's this is pretty funny i watched the pitch meeting uh have you ever watched pitch meetings before oh that that uh, dude who does guy, the uh the goofy uh videos on youtube uh on screen rant yeah the guy who does yeah, yeah is it where he you know it's the the film producer the film the writer p- pitching it to the producer or whatnot or the director right. or whatnot and it's the same guy yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. the same he plays both halves he's just yeah. you know different costume or whatnot but uh so he put one out for falcon a winter soldier Jeez. and uh at one point during the the his pitch he's like and and sherrod cart he's like he's like and we're gonna set up the power broker as this uh you know uh, very influential uh, person who has access to all, all this access and blah, blah, blah. It's like, and then we're going to introduce Sharon Cotter, who's this like very influential person who has all this access. And the director's like, she's the power broker, isn't she? And he goes, no, she's not. <laughs> it's like, it's super obvious that she has, well, can we pretend that she's not? <laughs> like, <laughs> and hey, guess what? She was the power broker. We, yeah. We were well, right. E- well, even before we get there, called, right? called shot. Like, we were yeah. right. The, the, the Flag Smashers are trying to funnel the uh, world leaders out of the building and into armored cars where they have supporters who are going to take them and They'll use them as hostage negotiations or or kill them or whatever, right? Um, Carly is uh, meeting with the other soups, the other super soldiers, and like it doesn't matter if we die. Like our our message, and they're and they're uh, all has followers, and they're all like, uh, "That's not what we signed up for, fam." Right? Exactly. (laughs) Because Carly's like one world, and they're like, uh, "She's like one world." Like oh right. uh, one one people one people right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. we agree yep, yep. yeah um, yeah Bucky gets to do kind of do his thing right uh, well, well he gets a phone call like there's the, this gets... random person in there he does he's like takes her phone doesn't even think of of her as anything so Carly got this person's phone number knew that Bucky was going to be walking by her like shouldn't that person have been arrested or, or detained right? or something right like. She's a sympathizer, maybe something. It just it seemed weird that they yeah, just kind of let that person weird, go. But eh, but you know, yeah. But we get Bucky, we get you know, Sam kicking butt. Batrock shows up and is trying to kick Sam's butt. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a funky sweet uh, you know bit after you know Sam flies off. There's a helicopter bit. Uh, you know, just randomly one of the people in the in the helicopter knows how to fly a helicopter so he yeah right but like it's like okay but it was more to show that sam thinks on his feet well on his wings i guess yeah uh and uses his tech like he seems to be kind of like this mix between iron man and captain america like at the same time right um and Using Red Wing. Welcome back, Red Wing. Welcome back, Red Wing. A uh, double Red Wing. He had two yeah. of them. Yeah, because Red Wing, like, I guess, like, has a couple little baby Red Wings now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, New but suit no, it, is killer. Oh, yeah. It was cool. Well, one of the things I liked is that we got to see Sam use the shield. Yeah. Similar to how Cap did. Like, in that fight with Batrock, uh, he, he kicked it or flipped it, and it hit Batrock in the chin from the mm-hmm. from the ground up knocking him out and i'm like cool um so yeah, he's been the, the practice the training montage right right we know. got to see him use his smarts instead of using his muscle because we know that sam is just a normal dude you right. know he, he's 
he's peak the peak physique normal human. He's not like super soldier. Right. 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 Um, and and yeah. not only that, like him you being really creative with how he uses his wings mm-hmm. too really is helpful. And not only the fact we get to see that those wings are not no joke either. Yeah, they're they're yeah. made of vibranium. Yep. Matter of fact, there was a scene where uh, it looked like he was sunk in the water, but the wings kind of uh, folded around him, and he kind of shot out of the water like a torpedo. Yes, um, and well, and there's also a scene where he literally uses the wings and the shield to like as 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 an actual shield, like you just yep. to, to deflect debris, and it's just like holy cow, okay. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, we get this whole. It, it kind of just all builds towards Sam finally getting to to kind of take on Carly, which he doesn't want to. He wants to talk to her. What? Well, well, before uh, then, uh, good boy, a uh, good old boy, uh, John Walker shows up. Yes, and with uh, his homemade shield, which doesn't yeah, last long, because uh, the Flag Smashers have all the people, but they put some type of lock on the back so the door can't be opened easily. Um. Oh, this was after uh, Sharon Carter like melted a face off like one of the uh, the guards that were supporting the Flag Smasher. She had some type of bomb she attached to somebody. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, I bumped into you and walked away. He got in a van, <laughs> and the bomb went off, and it melted his face. She's like, well, that's one down. So it kind of gave you a moment where she was by herself. And it's like, oh, she's not playing nicies here. You know, she's no. actually doing some serious stuff. Because she's the power. Right, exactly. It's kind of, kind of getting to get to that point that uh, setting it, it up. It, where... it, looking back at the show now, it felt super obvious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, the, all the hints were there. Like right. that, you're just like, okay, yeah, she is the power. We, we just right? were not wanting to believe. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I was all in on that one. Right, <laughs> like I was like, yep, yep, well, it's definitely. And she wasn't using an iPhone, right? So nope, nope, and um. But what but, was cool uh, is when Bucky catches up with uh, Carly and them, he kind of pulls a Steve uh, and uses his motorcycle to launch himself. Uh, <laughs> metal arm Bucky. first to punch one of the Flag Smashers. Bucky. Uh, Walker shows up with his shield, which doesn't last long. They're fighting. Yep, yep. And then next thing you know, uh, Carly has to distract Bucky sets one of the vehicles on fire bucky gets people out uh they they one of them stops says thank you and this is where we get a good bucky moment because he's been wanting to do good yeah and i don't know about you but if you've ever tried to do good and you kind of just don't want to uh you, you want to be humble about it you don't want to like take all the appreciation or whatever, just want to be like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Just, just move on. Whatever. Right. Right. He actually took a moment to say, you're welcome. Right. And, and then went on and, and did stuff. So I'm like, good on you, Bucky. You're that, that's growth. Yeah. He's um, learning. Yeah. So John Walker, uh, gets a piss beyond a little bit. Carly takes off, uh, ditches the, the, the second of the remaining vehicles that these people are in. And it, it comes off this construction site or something and john walker's like all right do i go kill the bitch or do i save these people right and uh he does the right thing at least yeah he does the right thing and yeah of note when he was in a fist fight with them the uh the metals that he welded onto a shield he welded on the inside to give him focus 
Right. Yeah. Um, to to kind of kind of ground him a little bit. Right. Uh, so he he does the right thing by uh, trying to save the people. Uh, it's not working out well for him because the Flag Smashers gang up on him to attack him, and then here comes Sam. Uh, using a suit to push the car up or the the, the vehicle up to yeah. where it can rest easily and get these people out. Uh, Pretty there, cool. Yeah, there are some cool fight scenes with uh, uh, Bucky in the construction pit, and you see uh, him using his arm to absorb some of the blows that were being given to him, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. Uh, yep. Then then Batrock wakes up wakes up and starts throwing gas out there so people can't see. Uh, Sam uses his suit to get infrared tracking, and then we start chasing people down. Yep. And then we start getting into uh, Carly meeting up with Sharon, which is where we get to find out that Sharon is power broker. Yep. Uh, Batrock shows up. He tries to blackmail her. That does not go well for him. Nope. Sharon just fucking kills him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, Sam shows up. Uh, you know, uh, Sharon kind of, you know, makes herself injured or whatnot. Yeah, because Car- Carly, uh, uh, Sharon, Carly was going to shoot Sharon. Sharon was going to shoot Carly. And, and Sharon's like, all right, I give up. Just come back to me. Come back to me. And that's mm-hmm. where, like, oh, shit, she's a power broker. Then Batrack comes in. Tries to blackmail. Sharon shoots Batrock, and at the same time, Carly shoots Sharon. And then Sam shows up. Sam is always showing up when Carly looks like she's in danger. Right. Or, or not Carly, um, um, Sharon. When right. Sharon looks like she's in danger. He doesn't know that Sharon is actually doing bad things. Right. So it's like, what the hell? So Sharon, uh, Wilson, Sam, and, Sam and Carly fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really work out so well. Uh, Sharon shoots her, kills her. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was about like she somehow got the shield away from Sam, right? And she was about to kill him, right? And she she gets uh she gets shot, um, and then we get this great like real great monologue of Sam talking to the GRC senators. Get uh, your tissues, fantastic, like really well done. Uh, and of course, you know, Bucky's like, you know, good job, Cap. You know, he's yeah. he's all in on. You know, Sam being Captain America now. Uh, and, of course, it works, too. Like, he actually does manage to convince them mm-hmm. uh, to postpone their vote uh, and also to start doing a little bit more to help them, these yep. people. Um, the rest of the Flag Smashers rounded up, and Zemo's butler just fucking nukes them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what we get before that, though, is one of the guards that's putting them in the, the vehicle is, like, one world, one people. Right. So it's like we're we're seeing that there are, are supporters even working on the side that appears to be against them. Mm-hmm. So kind of giving this sense of hope and then this butler's just like, nope. Yeah, Zemo Butler's just like click, boom. Yep. Um so that happens. Uh, we get to see uh Julia Louis Dreyfus again as uh Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, and uh, we get to see John Walker as U.S. agent for the very first time. Yep, don't call her Val. Which is pretty cool uh, to get to see him as U.S. agent. Yep. Um, and then we get to really some really even heavier stuff. Um, Sam uh, manages Oof. to get 
the uh, Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian to put in uh, a, a exhibit a statue for Isaiah Bradley. So we yeah, get to see that Isaiah. scene where he visits him and they're they're just kind of talking and, and shooting the shit because you know Isaiah Bradley's like, well, you did it, and, but still being like a grump about it. Sam right. seems like you don't ever lighten up, do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Like, you know, he gets to like, you know, have a memorial dedicated mm-hmm. to him. Um, Bucky finally comes out to his, the, 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 the Japanese guy. Oh my God. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, tells him about him killing his son. Um, we get to have celebratory cookout. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that... Bucky Bucky continues to flirt with Sam's sister. Yep, <laughs> uh, 106 year old flirting. Uh, yep, uh, and so that kind of ends on a good note. Then we get the big credit scene where uh, Sharon is being pardoned by the government, as and, promised by Sam, and being reinstated to her former position in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And on her way out, she's you know calling. She's like, "Yeah, Super Soldiers is so last year." You know, uh, now we have access to like all this government secrets and government tech. Uh-huh. You're just like, well then. <laughs> so, where she is headed uh, after that, who knows? But uh, I will say that the best thing about the whole thing is uh, at the very end, uh, before the mid credit scene, uh, we get the title card come up. And instead of saying the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And somebody pointed out uh, on Twitter, and I think this is kind of funny, it's a weird, weird thing, but Bucky's not the Winter Soldier anymore. (laughs) He's technically the White Wolf, so it's kind of a weird... Sure, but like the White Wolf is kind of like the name that the... uh, The Wakandans gave him. The Wakandans gave him. Yeah. So... so, I don't know. It was kind of strange uh but uh i mean captain america and bucky just doesn't sound as (laughs) captain america and bucky right yeah uh i i liked it i'm pretty happy i'm curious to see what they what they do next uh we have heard already that there is an announced captain america 4 project yeah like the announcement was released i think hours after the finale aired and and of course is Starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America, and written uh, by the showrunner, yes, for uh, this uh, Falcon Winter Soldier show. Yeah, yeah. so that's cool. Um, they also did confirm that somewhere along the line they confirmed because there had been some talks about Chris Evans uh, coming back to the MCU for uh, a product, a project, right? Uh, and they confirmed that that project is not the Captain America movie; it is a separate project. Right, which yeah. is good because uh, as much as people want Chris Evans back, especially right. me, right? Um, you know, letting Anthony Mackie take this and run with this, mm-hmm. letting it be his own thing, right. is just going to do so much. Because, like, I'm watching the finale. I, I watched it twice. Don't don't tell my wife. Right. Um, I watched it before she got home from work. Um, <laughs> I couldn't wait. Uh, but just watching that, that monologue scene, because throughout the, the fight scenes and everything else before the battle is over, you get the crowds like, 
uh, shooting with their cell phones and calling him Black Falcon and, and other people are like, no, that's Captain America because he's got the Stars and Stripes. Like that that's what people recognize. Right. Uh, they, they see that like, oh, that has to be like a new Captain America, right? Right. Um, so you, you kind of get that going from the crowd. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, he's, it's not, not only are we seeing Sam pick up where Cap left off, we're seeing Anthony Mackie picking up where Chadwick Boseman left off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yep, like, yep. He, he's got young kids, right? So yes. the, the fact that, you know, he's going to be able to show this to his young kids and then there are going to be kids out there who are, um, who, cause there, there are going to be action figures coming out. Right. Um, I was watching, um, uh, a late show with Stephen Colbert and he had Anthony Mackie on. He hasn't seen the action figure yet. And, uh, there's like, uh, two or three of them that are coming out. Uh, I think they're like six inch figures or something, but uh, it, Anthony hasn't seen one yet. So Steven showed it to him on camera. Uh, so got the wings and put shield on the back and all sorts of stuff. Nice. But and, and you can kind of see uh, interviews with celebrities. It's always nice to see where like the, the guard is kind of let down a little bit. And you were able to see that a little bit in, in Mackie where it, he was like a fan all over again. Right, oh, right. Oh, wow, you know, I, I've not seen that. That's cool. And, and you can kind of, there's an unspoken thing from parent to parent. You can kind of see him thinking, man, my, my kid's going to love this. Right. Like he just kind of had that look. And, man, I, I'll i be honest, I cried a little bit watching the show because the fact that the void of uh, Chadwick's unfortunate passing right, is now possibly being filled a little bit not not all the way of course but i i can just i can see it now like once we get back to having live events and like anthony mackie appears at like a comic con or something and you're gonna have kids coming up maybe even cosplaying as sam wilson captain america like right imagine that cultural impact that that has that representation oh my god Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, I need to sit down and watch the um, the assembled. Yeah, you know, I, I want to watch that just to have that documentary or whatever. We we rewatched to... the um, the Wandavision one, and that one's yeah. very interesting. And so to watch the the one for uh, this one, uh, and then yeah. Um, so as far as I understand, that there's supposed to be a also supposed to be a second season at some point like they mentioned that there's a possibility that this could continue into a second season that that's what i've heard I, uh, there's a lot of things that they're kind of dangling out there right uh, with the show like for instance um uh julia uh louise dreyfus's character val uh don't right. call her val um her actual first appearance was supposed to be in the upcoming black widow movie yeah um she'll still appear in that from what i understand uh it's just that they've had to do things differently. And right. I think even some of the in credit scenes of some of these shows have had to been worked or done in a different way to make it all make sense with how it's currently presented. Right. Um, but yeah, like I could see them doing another season of this. Like we need to explore what Sharon is going to get into. Right. Um, you know, we got Zemo on the raft now where the hell's Thunderbolt Ross. Um, right, right, right. 
you know, you know which, there's also you know the possibility of um you know torres becoming like the next falcon right you know they could do that angle G- give um, sam an actual wingman hey right, right? so wow. that that's possible um but, uh, and the dark avengers yeah that's also like. something so uh so yeah um lot to look forward to um a month and a half to go or so until loki uh <laughs> yeah so looking forward to that show yeah because right uh, now we have uh the bad batch i guess is gonna start here next soon. tuesday may the 4th uh that's right yep that's intentional Which because makes sense May the fourth. Yep. Wait, wait uh, I thought the bad batch was all the draft picks the Bengals have. Oh, uh, come on. Um, I I will point out one thing. Uh, I I sent Scott and I posted on Twitter today. Uh, but um, I have to uh give Marvel a lot of credit though for their costume design as of late. Jeez, uh, so some set photos were uh published on online. Of Amon Vellani in Ms. Marvel. Ripped uh, straight from the comics. Straight from the books. And I'm just like, ah, perfect. Like, it looks so good. She looks absolutely amazing. Oh, wait. Um, it, is her outfit like uh, a Strixhaven Mystical Archive etched foil? Because it seemed like only a part of it was foil. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, gotta, I gotta give it. It's super good. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Kamala, Kamala Khan's like one of my favorite. Uh, characters and you just... know way more about her than i do because <laughs> well not only our own age difference but like some of the comics i focus on are mainly x-men uh and, and mostly the older stuff right like right. Th- those those were my stories i enjoyed when i was a late teen early adult mm-hmm. uh getting into comics um but like ms marvel uh all that stuff like uh, who like it, it didn't seem targeted for me, so right. I didn't have interest. Uh, but not saying that she doesn't belong, like because that's going to bring in new viewers, new watchers, and eventually new readers if they haven't right. picked up her comic yet. So, yeah, it's super important. Plus, like you can't, especially now with how his movies have gone, you can't keep Tom Holland as teenage Spider-Man forever. It's true. You have to have a teenage superhero come in and take up that mantle of like, all right, the people I'm aiming at are uh, preteens into high school age. Right. That that's the audience I'm trying to now be the torchbearer for. Well, we're definitely getting Young Avengers at some point. Oh, oh, for sure. Like we're gonna it'll... we're gonna have we're gonna have Patriot. We're gonna have America Chavez. We're gonna have how how are Ms. they Marvel. gonna loop Patriot in? Like maybe he'll be inspired. Or something that I could be, know. yeah, that could be. But I know America Chavez is going to be in. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Doc, the second Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah, she's going to be in the Doctor Strange and Multiverse yeah. of Madness. So she gets I'm to like, punch portals. Yeah, so that'll be okay. fun. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot coming soon, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to how it all unravels. Um, I'm still. Uh, I'm still impatiently waiting for the X-Men introduction into the MCU. I think it's going to um, take a while. Yeah, mainly because, like... They, they, wanna, you, they, they need to do it in a very organic Oh, sure. Fashion. But if, if you introduce X-Men, you obviously have to start with Professor X and Magneto. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. we're so far removed from Auschwitz and World War Two. Like, how relevant would that be? Like, right. You know, the the people in real life uh, impacted by that are like almost gone. Right. So, like, could he be like a, a grandson? Of those that were impacted, right, right. and then he starts seeing some of the atrocities that are going on in the world now, right. and is triggered. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how they do Eternals, yeah, and how they tie that to mutants and uh, the the latent X gene in people, yeah, and how that has been because um, there has to be mutants before the uh, before Thanos came to Earth. And, of course, now more after because that sudden influx of cosmic energy. Right. So, um, I don't it, know. It's also uh, worth noting that uh, we also have Hawkeye coming soon as well. That's true. Um, there's been some principal photography about that. And apparently we get to see Hawkeye in kind of like the classic purple mm-hmm. kind of outfit, which kind of looks neat. Um, and also we get to have, you know, second Hawkeye Kate Bishop. Yep. Uh, and that, which will be pretty cool. Uh, so that'll be pretty neat to see, uh, you know, how that works out. Uh, you know what I'd like for him to do? Uh, and, and I, I believe the actor who played Daredevil, uh, is portraying Matt Murdock in, uh, Spider-Man. Is yes. No way home. home. No way home. No way home. That's it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, Charlie Cox. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, it would be nice to see them kind of bring the daredevil, uh, mm-hmm. franchise into the MCU, especially if they do like uh, a darker or more mat- mature, uh, Disney plus type section. Yes. Uh, and then have like a daredevil and Hawkeye type thing. Cause right. I don't know if you remember in agents of shield, uh, we were introduced to the character Mockingbird. Yeah. And unfortunately, that, that didn't pan out to do anything. There was supposed to be some type of spinoff, and it fell apart. Right. Um, but I, I would I would like to see more Hawkeye. I would like to see more Jeremy Renner just being... Jeremy uh, Renner. <laughs> yeah, just being Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yep. On He's screen. great. He's great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, Moon Knight. Uh, yeah. That would be neat. Uh, She-Hulk. Like, yeah, like the the street level stuff, they can do, uh, they can do well. Wait, is and, Oscar and... Isaac playing playing Moon Knight? Oh my god, Wait, that's what? so cool! Is that Os- official? Yes, Oscar Isaac. Wow, hmm. confirmed to be cast as of January twenty twenty one. That's super cool. Poe Dameron is is Moon Knight. That'll be great. He's such a good actor. So, uh, I'm excited. Well, I'll, That's I'll exciting. That's exciting. Like, super exciting. Uh, well, and here's the thing, though. Like, obviously, the Star Wars connection, right? But the, the fact that, you know, Disney is able to find these actors and actresses for their Star Wars shows. Mm. And it's like, oh, hey, um, just go down to Hall to Marvel. They right? may have something for you, too. Right. Um, so, that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me see here. I'm trying to see if he's in anything else. Oh, that's right. He was Apocalypse in that horrible X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, Oscar Isaac uh, was. Yeah. He's he's played in a bunch of different stuff. So. Oh, sure. But, you know, I I hope they do well. 
Uh, I, I like, like I said, I'd like to see some of the street level stuff because the special effects aren't as um, She Hulk involved as She Hulk as like a, a, a actual Marvel movie. But yeah, yeah. She Hulk is going to be She Hulk. Yeah, especially if if we can get like a Howard the Duck cameo. Uh, it's gonna. I mean, I mean, we already are know that Mark Ruffalo is gonna be in it. Yeah. So we get to see Professor Hulk. Mm-hmm. You know, we get and and bringing us back to the um the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, uh, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky, the Abomination, right? Which is like super cool. So, um, that's kind of neat to see. I wonder if hopefully that means they will do something with um, the leader. The leader? Yeah. 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 Like that would be really neat to see uh, at some point. Like uh, so, how bad did Edward Norton mess that up? Yeah. Right. Like, and and not, not only that, how bad was it messed up for, for Mark Ruffalo to step into that role and everybody to go, oh, he right. is Bruce Banner. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah, so good. Such a good actor. Like, oh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of Marvel stuff coming out. Uh, if you have Lost HBO, it. if you have HBO Max, uh, there's a lot of other stuff coming out uh, this year. So, uh, 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 namely for me, the Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, come back! We haven't watched it yet. We've been meaning the to. same here. I haven't watched We've it yet. Been meaning to, uh, but uh, kind of yeah, super more excited for Suicide Squad than anything. Oh yeah, uh, especially that, that... since. Since uh, he mentioned on uh, Twitter or whatnot, he was like, "Hey, um, the um, the the film's done." Like he was like, "He's like, we're done. Like the movie's done." Uh, not only that, um, he said they had no notes. Everything you're going to see is my cut, and like my vision of what this movie should be and i'm like i'm, bo- I'm on board like james right. gunn's such a great director like i'm on board like <laughs> the thing is, with, with that like with the suicide squad uh, even the first one like i thought the first one was okay but like with this one you know going in that they're just gonna do whatever oh god uh, they're not trying to be too serious uh, no, not um, at all. No, the movie's like, just going to be... popcorn, we're going to have a good time. Yep. And it's focused on these characters, these actors portraying these characters. Whereas with Marvel, they're actually trying to provide the message and yeah. tell a story. And, right. and they are literally, the actors are literally being, the they're becoming the character. So when they walk out on the street, people are going to see whoever just name someone like, i'm just i'm just looking way forward to, to peter capaldi as the thinker oh my god i'm just so excited for that he looks because so with, with how cerebral his interpretation of the doctor was right it totally fits i know i'm just like oh man i'm so oh excited and, and, and john cena is peacemaker just dear god right. <laughs> apparently they're, they're gonna par- a peacemaker spinoff. Yep, they're gonna do a peacemaker TV ser- series spinoff for HBO Max as well. So if so. you have not seen it, to go back to uh, a late show with Stephen Colbert, he interviewed John Cena, asked Peacemaker <laughs> on on in in this like whatever house or base or whatever that Peacemaker has. 
Right. And it, it just looks like this mobile home in the middle of the woods or something. Right. I, I don't know. It, it just, it does not, you know, it is definitely not the Batcave. It's um, great. <laughs> but if you can find that on YouTube, check that out. Cause, oh, I'll have to go look that uh, up. Yeah. Cena is something else, man. Yep. All right. So we should probably start wrapping up here. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, episode 41. Yay. Yeah. If you've made it this far, awesome. Thank you for listening. Um, if you just skipped ahead to the end to find out how to contact us. Awesome. Thanks for doing that so we can tell you how to reach us. Right. <laughs> so, Scott, why don't you, we start with you and have you tell uh, us when the um, where, where the people can find you on the Internet. Well, if you want to read some of my previous articles uh, that are at least available, you can do that by going to mtgpackfoils.com. I will have new articles soon. Now that things kind of calm down a little bit, um, hopefully before we record again, I'll have a new article up. Mm. Um, but you can also reach me at uh, mtgpackfoils on Twitter and Facebook. I respond more on Twitter, uh, but, you know, uh, Facebook is just kind of a thing. But... Yeah, you can reach me there if you have any questions or uh, ideas about the show. Uh, you can also read Joe's article somewhere. Joe, where are your articles at and how can they reach you? Uh, so you can reach me on Twitter at VorathXP. You can also find my articles every Tuesday and every Thursday. Uh, this week in Legacy and MTG Goldfish and Vintage 101 on MTG Goldfish. Uh, I am going to be trying to work on, uh, so I finally hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, oh, I am gonna no. Be- I am going to be working on something really super dumb and special for oh, yes. this next week. It's <laughs> he's real, told he's told me about it, so I'm like it's I'm excited. Just, it's just goddamn awful. So, <laughs> um, and so yeah, um, I'm going to be announcing that soon, uh, pretty soon here uh, about when that will be. Congrats uh, on a thousand followers! By yeah, the way. thanks. Yeah, I was I was like, all right, well, cool. We're just going to go ahead and go for this stupid. You're like, idea. yay! Oh no! And now I have to do it. And so, yeah. You have to follow through, buddy. Uh, but uh, you can also reach the cast at the Astrolab Cast on Twitter. You can also find us at the Astrolab Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I think that about wraps us up uh, for this episode. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. May the force be with you.